Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome everyone back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs. Almost said the Dark Jedi. Uh, that is that's the wrong show. And we are joined by my co-host with the co-most. The one and only Spencer Simpson. I am very pleased to be back. Um, I missed my first episode ever last week. I think, yeah, since we was started. Your first episode of you yeah. since you took yeah. over. I was taking my vacay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But but let us first introduce our very special guest. Uh, once again, the one and only insert nickname here. Travis Grossman. Yes, the Gross Man. <laughs> this is the third time I've been on, and I still don't know what to say when you introduce me. It's you really just kind of work with yeah. it. You, like, if you listen... All right, everybody, just, like, at the end, whenever you finish this, just go back and listen to the first, like, five minutes of my first episode. I think it's episode three. Yeah. All of Heroes, episode three. I was kind of a wreck. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know what to say. Yeah, so so it, it, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. So just, I don't know, keep keep coming around. Yeah, especially yeah. having you. Yeah, especially I mean after last week with the quail, he didn't sit there. I don't yeah, know the fucking quail. He didn't get to that point in the episode <laughs> yet. And he he was yeah. He was, Spencer, I have something to show you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, Stubby told me to watch the episode, and I was in the car, but I was on like ten percent. And so I saved my remaining juice for navigation, and so I only I listened you. to like the first forty minutes of the show. But it sounded good. I it, it was it was as if I was right there with you. We missed you very but much. But I just oh, yes. didn't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. You can take all the marijuana, cocaine, all those designer drugs, and shove them up your fucking ass. Bring back the. Fucking Quaaludes! I have like randomly rewatched that since we recorded a week ago. Like they're like my lizard brain just gets the impulse like I need to watch Quaaludes. <laughs> I need to yeah, I exactly. need to watch it right now. It it's crazy. Like you'll be sitting there just thinking, all of a sudden, like fucking Quaaludes! Yeah. <laughs> it's the big man, the voice, the, the voice, voice of, of the people. people. You'll see what we're talking about. It's grand. Oh, um, yeah, but uh, Spencer, tell us about your week. Oh man, I had I had one heck of a week. Yeah, man. Heck of really a week. enjoyable. Um, I drove up last Sunday night to my grandma and grandpa's cottage right on the coast of Lake Ontario in New York, and I was there from late Sunday night until Thursday afternoon on the Fourth of July, and then I drove about forty miles west to. Um, the, Niag- the old Fort Niagara State Park, uh, right where it, it's it's like a 25-minute drive from the falls. But, oh, good sunshine. Thank you. 
Dankeschön. But at Old Fort Niagara, I participated in um, the 40th, I think, the 40th anniversary of the, the, the first reenactment battle that took place at Fort Niagara. Now, this, this fort was uh, built in like the 1750s, so it's not like the 40th anniversary of the actual battle, but the 40th reenactment at the 40th annual re- yeah, okay, yeah so, I know yeah. I know what you mean yeah, yeah yeah so I was there for four days technically and man I had such a freaking blast like I for those of you who know that Jared and I go to comic-con I have no issue with dressing up and, and and pretending to be somebody else for a little while but like whenever you've got a functioning firearm in your in your hand and you're like shooting across the field so it, it just adds a whole new level of intensity and like the marching and drilling and and I'm I'm part of a Highlander unit and so like my blood starts to boil when the pipes are playing and like I'm face to face with the enemy it's just like it's this unbelievably cool experience and don't Sounds like, like a blast. It yeah. is such a fun time and I would really encourage anybody that is ever even considered trying, you know, a historical reenactment just like find a unit close to you and just give it a shot because it is so much fun. It's not even funny. Um, but I, uh, I told Jared, no, I, I, I gotta ask okay, you, real please quick. Do, I gotta ask do. you, what gives you more of like a sense of power, your musket or your Obi-Wan Kenobi beard? Um, that's a really good question. I'm more people comment on the Obi-Wan Kenobi beard but uh, have you seen this motherfucker's like, fake beard? I feel I like so. I've got more authority with the musket because <laughs> people don't question you when you're carrying around a weapon that works. No offense to the lightsaber wielders of the world, but like I could actually blow your face off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I with, could end with, your life with this. Yeah. This isn't a toy. I'll just mildly scrape your knuckles otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's not that the beard doesn't look bad. It's just clearly a stage. It's clearly yeah. fake. It's very clearly you. fake. Yeah, okay, I've seen it. <laughs> I told Jared I'd say something funny on the air about something that happened to me over over the course of the week, and he hasn't heard this yet. Hopefully he finds it funny. I think it's kind of funny. Anyway, will. so there were like two engagements, I guess you could say, that we did every day. There was like a morning engagement, and then at two o'clock oh, every afternoon, every afternoon we did in like a, a bigger battle, like all the British versus all the French. But in the morning we would like do a rotation, where, you know, on the first day of the battle we're still building up the the do the attack fortifications and the embattlements for the for the artillery pieces. So you know my unit would be sent to. You know, you know, on on guard detail for the engineers who were building a fascine battery outside the fort. You know, stuff like that. And then the second day, it was like the officers would come and patrol and, and watch the cannons. So we were on guard duty for the officers. You know, make sure that there's no ambush for the for the generals and the majors coming through. But so like there was a morning engagement. But the first day, uh, in the second day, we were assigned to um, harassing fire, which is just like fire some shots at the French, yeah. try to provoke something, see if they react. And the French... Just like, just yeah. like the occasional fuck you just the occa- Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> along along with the harassing fire, um, with my very, very, very minimal French, I tried to hurl some, you know, occasional insults at them. Yeah. Like, uh, we were, we were like I said, just kind of hiding out behind this, uh, this fascine battery with, 
like a firing step. So we'd like step up and take a shot at the French, I should say, <laughs> not of rum or anything. But they were hiding behind this like really makeshift. It, it basically looked like a couch with a canvas thrown over it. And I wish I knew the French word for couch, but I don't. Like I said, my vocabulary. <laughs> Just say we we baguette a bunch. Yeah, just no, stop no, it up, no. Yeah. I, I was I was saying stuff like uh, "levez-vous français," which means like get up, like stand up from behind your thing, so I can shoot at you. But um, the one usually that's when I'd start shooting at them. But the the thing that would get them shooting back at me is when I'd say uh, "Pierre, Jean Claude, menagez-toi." <laughs> <laughs> And they and, and then they'd all pop up and start shooting. It was just it's good. It's all in good fun, you know. But it was it was a blast. But then I got a flat tire on the way home yesterday. Ended up spending the night at my aunt's house. Um, but they were happy to to hear all about my my war stories and get a little bit more sweaty for the the whole weekend that I didn't uh, didn't bathe. Got a little more sweaty trying to get that tire off. And yeah. Put it in. But anyway. After we're done it was, recording in this very hot attic, you might have to take my mom up on that off. I, I know, yeah, because <laughs> I was planning on stopping there anyway because the hot water tank in our basement burst yesterday. And so I was either going to take a cold shower or no shower at all. And it just so happened that I got a flat like three miles from their house and was able to, you know, fix it up and, and have my uncle come and help out as he could. So it was it was almost according to plan. But to say that I've had an adventurous weekend barely scratches the surface. There you go. I will be posting something on Spence Man Cosplays probably later tonight um, with some of the action that my, my folks took of the, of the battle. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I showed the video of, a, it was like a regular speed video of me just firing off my musket and your mom was like visibly shaken by she's like you're gonna blow your freaking face off i'm like no there's not enough powder in the whole barrel to blow my face off let alone the tiny bit you put right next to your face but anyway it's a freaking good time get into reenactment you won't be sorry it's awesome or as kira and i call it historical cosplay Mm -hmm. there you go that's an apt description but anyway travi your week Oh, boy. You ever watch a person roll a natural 20 on a real-life charisma check? (laughs) So, I'm an avid Magic the Gathering player. This past weekend was the pre-release weekend for Corset 2020. Some of you, if you play Magic, might have gone out to your local game store and bought a pre-release kit, opened six packs, built a deck, and played some sweet games. Uh, I tried to do that. (laughs) Uh, because of working weekends I can only go to the midnight release on Friday which sucks because you're up to like 4 in the morning Yeah, but like I want to jam games so I go Yeah, and me and my co-worker Jake went and we get there at like 10.30 and this poor guy behind the counter is like guys I'm going to level with you there's only two other people here right now for this pre-release if no one shows up I'll let you buy kits, that's fine. But I got work at 9 a.m. I really don't Was this at the card shop in Latrobe? Yeah. And I think I know who you're talking about. He's a cool dude, yeah. So, and yeah, I we had no problems. We were like, yeah. dude, trust me, we get it. We don't want to be here until 4 a.m. either. We have work tomorrow. So we're, and we said, you know, we'll wait around. 
see if anyone else shows up. And we're standing there BSing. And we're like, yeah, because, like, we can still buy the kits and play games at work or whatever. And this bold motherfucker, Jake, looks at this guy and goes, so if we buy in, we get all the prize packs, right? <laughs> because there, you get packs based on win record. Right. And he said it half jokingly, but then the clerk looks like looks up for a second and goes, you know, yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> so by default, we got a, I think we got a discount on the premium these kits too. So I paid 20 bucks and got like 10 packs as opposed to six. Wow. That's insane. And then I got a full eight hours of sleep after that. So nice. it was just like. It was a win, win, yeah. win. It, it was win, such, win, 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 such win, win, win. value. And as a Magic player, I, I care about nothing more than value. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was pretty sweet. Well, Stubby, My... does your week even compare to the adventure that Travi and I have been having? What is the I well, uh, as you guys know, I uh, my family from Florida has been in town, so I've gotten to hang out with them a good bit. I've been working. I have an audition on Wednesday, which hasn't happened yet, but I'm getting ready for that. And uh, well, get well, getting ready for said audition. I don't know if you saw. What happened on Twitter yesterday in the Dubeck group chat? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yesterday, while I was getting... I was, I was, I was practicing for my audition. I'm auditioning for Guys and Dolls on Wednesday um, at the theater I do community uh, theater at and stuff like that. And, you know, just flipping through YouTube, looking at stuff, re-researching the show. Um, I, was, it was, I was in it before, actually, with Spencer. Um the show is slowly just turning into us t- talking about our high school musical theater days. Um, so many memories. So many memories. Um, that was a great show, though. It was, oh. it was really fun to put on. Oh, I, it's even one of my as, favorite shows. Even as ninth yeah. graders, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Absolutely. It, oh, that, it's Guys and Dolls is such a great show. Um, but I was, you know, flipping through stuff on YouTube, getting ready, and I came across a video, and I don't know if this was like an English West End production, if this was a Broadway production, wherever it was. It was clearly professional from the production value, but it was a video of the um, underground gambling scene uh, where Luck Be a Lady happens, and Ewan McGregor was playing Sky Masterson. And you found this where? On YouTube. It was just like a video. It was like someone who was clearly sh- filming it from the balcony. And it, it was great. Yeah, he, you know, McGregor has pipes, obviously. You know, no longer. Yeah. And. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi singing his little heart out. <laughs> He's got pipes. The guy plays French horn. <laughs> <laughs> He's got pipes, all right. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, I took a picture of the screen and I. Let me pull up the. Uh, specific tweet here so I can just read verbatim what had happened. Um, but I take to Twitter because I think I'm clever from time to time. And I say, getting ready and practicing for my Guys and Dolls audition and doing some research on the show. Again, I found this little ditty. Obi-Wan Kenobi is Sky Masterson. Now I can't get Luke be a Jedi tonight out of my head. And then our friends at uh, Girls with Sabers comment uh, with like a gift from Hey Arnold, uh, with them making a luck be a lady joke. And then let me get to the part where they were commenting. And then I don't know if it was uh, Emrys or Luthien who said it, but they th- said I think at 
Mark Hamill would appreciate it. He had a list of Skywalker-themed songs that he listed in the Last Jedi documentary, I Want to Hold Your Hand and The Luke of Love. This song should be added. And then I replied with the YouTube clip of the Luke Be a Jedi Tonight scene from The Simpsons. And it was actually Mark Hamill playing it. Right. About 15 minutes later, my phone, bloop, bloop. Mark Hamill liked the entire Twitter thread. <laughs> and I had, like, yeah. a mini nerd panic attack that Luke Skywalker slash the Joker knows I exist now. He's aware. That's funny. And that I do I, musical theater. Like, you posted that in the do-back chat. I, I was like, oh, man, he just had a heart attack and died. <laughs> he's not a sheriff. Yeah, he's done. We lost him. He's done. He, had, he, he, he had ascended to a higher realm. <laughs> What's the time? Call it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was pretty much the highlight of my week that I can think of. Is uh, I, I I had a very very brief interaction with Mark Hamill, um, but in this, anybody funny. who knows me knows that I, I I worship the ground that that man wore, uh, walked on. But that said, uh, this is a superhero podcast, so. Let's jump into today's episode. No news, as you guys can tell from the title and all of the preamble nonsense happening here. This is our review of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I think it can easily be said uh, that coming out, all three of us were pleased with the movie. I, mean, I think that's easy. When I saw it three times. Yeah, this so. is our third viewing. This is the first with Spencer. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was, I think I told you guys, it was just like, uh, it was a wholesome, yeah. and it was a nice cleanse, this cleansing film, especially to, to finish off phase three. It was just a very, it was like a sigh of relief, you know, yeah. Com- coming off of the, the dramatics, not in a bad way, but no. like, but the, the, the very emotionally tense, incredibly heavy, heavy movie that was in that was game. It was just kind of like a... Uh, yeah, totally. Thank you. Yeah, it's a I return to form for like the MCU proper. I didn't fall like, not... my eyes out, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a great point. Coming out of Endgame and Infinity War, they were... And I think it's true of all four Avengers movies, that they are, even though they do maintain the wit and humor of the MCU as a whole, for the most part, that they are those four movies probably the heaviest movies in the mm. MCU. You know, like there is a serious sense of weight and gravitas with which there has to be. And there has to be with Avengers with Age of Ultron and then Infinity War and Endgame of course. Um so it's really nice to have those movies that you can just kind of come out of just okay, this is lighthearted, this is fun, this is people in spandex doing super heroics. Uh we're okay again. Um, so, yeah, uh, Travis, non-spoiler thoughts. Oh, God, um, Jake Gyllenhaal is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we mentioned it the first time we talked about, like, early reviews coming in, how they all mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal, and they weren't wrong. No, like, yeah, absolutely. He's they... wonderful. Tom Holland and Zendaya are wonderful. Um... I just I love the side characters in these Spider-Man movies. <laughs> so I know I'm trying not to use quotes, but they are some of my favorites. 
and everyone they have in this in this kind of recurring cast for Spider-Man is fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, spoilers for Travis. Uh, his his new favorite MCU character is Flash Thompson. <laughs> what up, Flash Mom? <laughs> the big F here. The big <laughs> F here. The wannabe Logan Paul of the MCU. I love him so um, much. Oh my god. The, the, thing, the thing that's really funny about Flash is that if he had not been dusted in uh, the, the blip, uh, I... I'm fairly confident that, like, Flash would have just, like, posted the vlog of all of his classmates <laughs> dying. Like, that would have been his version of the Japanese suicide force. That's just cold, man. Like, that would have been oh his... Like, like, there's the thumbnail of him going... Like, oh making the face God. with the fucking alien yeah. hat. This <laughs> just... Can I... Can we my make best that? friend turned to dust! <laughs> can we make that? <laughs> That I need so. I can't. Spencer's blushing. Spencer's blushing. I can't be associated with him. It's just he's so. I've been thinking about that since I saw Flash start vlogging. <laughs> is that if they did not explicitly say he died in the snap, he would have vlogged the snap. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's just he's so because in in a world where like I've I have not witnessed physical bullying pretty much ever in my life, right? Like, we're at a point now where that's that's the point where people have to get involved because there's physical evidence. Yeah. But mental and, you know, psychological bullying, have at you. Who cares? <laughs> so, like, to, to see them go that route with Flash just makes so much sense, and it's so perfect, and, like... Oh, I love him. I love him so much. Yeah, also, because you don't have the you don't have the school bully who just yeah. like punches you in the teeth and takes your lunch money. Like that doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Exactly. Bullying has evolved. <laughs> like all things. We should have a full episode dedicated to Flash Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Flash cast. Uh, um, Spencer. Non-spoiler thoughts. I basically already said most of my non-spoiler thoughts. It's just like it, oh, it was. It was a really nice movie to watch. Very relaxing. Except the fact that the movie theater was like 20 degrees. Oh my god. And I was in a short sleeve shirt. See, I'm missing I that shivered. fucking movie theater right now. <laughs> I shivered my way through that theater. I'm in a tank top. I straight up had my arms pulled into yeah. my shirt. Knees up to You're my like chest. You're like full turtle mode. It was, it was so funny. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, Allergy's killing me. I really enjoyed it though. Um... I, I've never been a huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, but he did, he did a good job. I'm willing oh, to concede that. Yeah. Um, like, am I am I <clears throat> am I a convert? You know, yeah. I don't think so. Just because it's like uh, one role doesn't you know, watch the movie Nightcrawler. I think it's still on Netflix. Nightcrawler is really good. I, I think, think you like know that the, mostly I'm going off a. Of, uh, Donnie Darko, or whatever the heck that movie was, <laughs> Danny. Da- Donnie Mike, Darko, you're Donnie right, Darko. you're right. You know, my my roommate made me watch that, and I was just kind of like, hmm, <laughs> what? And so I think I think that was a bad first movie to I th- see. Th- yeah, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna be shown one movie that will like Donnie stand Darko, for the rest of Jake Gyllenhaal's filmography, it, be. it should be Nightcrawler and not, not Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko. Yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> But I, I was pleasantly surprised by the lack of, you know, revulsion I got from his performance. 
Um, and by lack of, I mean like there wasn't any. It was just kind of like, oh, there's just there's another actor in the MCU now. You really didn't like Donnie Darko. <laughs> it was just so. For like every nice thing you're saying about Mysterio, I'm hearing one thing you fucking hated about Donnie Darko. <laughs> Got it so, even perfectly balanced. It yeah. was just. It was just like. I don't even think it was Jake Gyllenhaal's fault, but his role... That's a very strange... His flick, role yeah. is just, like, so passive. Like, he just... Most of most of the intense moments in that movie are just him, like, staring in a mirror with a blank face. And I was just... I wasn't impressed. I think there's a rabbit behind you. Yeah, don't even... <laughs> don't even start with me. That movie's nuts. But, yeah, non-spoilers... Good performance turned in by all. I love Zendaya. I've had a big old crush on Zendaya since, <laughs> since she was kicking it on Shaking Up Chicago. <laughs> Every time we have this conversation that you have a crush on Zendaya, Zendaya, however you want to say it, Shake It Up Chicago was the show inside the show. The show was Shake It Up. Well, she was kicking it on both, was she not? <laughs> These are facts. These is facts. She was no printer, it. just facts. <laughs> you want my phone number? Too bad. These are the facts. <laughs> don't, the, don't spit on the laptop. These the facts. <laughs> Spat all over the fucking setup. <laughs> That but, was a bad time but, to take you know, a sip of Diet Pepsi. It was just kind of cute, you know. I I experienced oh, I experienced cute. some teenage romance, and it's yeah. awkward. But looking yeah. back, it's, oh, it's it's just so fun. Yeah, it's, it's so, so it's it's so adorable. It's cute. I I I'm a sucker for like being reminded of what being a teenager feels like. Now that I'm 20, and yeah, officially yeah, not your teen days are so far so behind. Far you. A whole there's like, a there's always that moment that where you're like, oh, I'm just a stupid teenager. Oh shit, wait, I'm 20. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite. Very um, enjoyable. Uh, this isn't necessarily a spoiler. Um, I love seeing any movie with you after I've seen it. Knowing where the dramatic beats, the action beats, the comedic beats are, and waiting to see how your reaction will differ from mine. Like, there were several jokes and funny moments in the movie that I audibly laughed at my first screening that you had no reaction to, and the fact that there was, like, a really loud chuckle about the little spoons from you... I thought was so fucking adorable. <laughs> it was like, like, you know, like, little spoons, like an old lady, and you just go, <laughs> like, you have that fucking slade with you. And I was like, I looked at him, I'm like, that's the joke! Like, little spoons. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I was in it. I'm, I'm like, yeah. kind of tired. And I just so, thought it was like, funny that that was the one that so actually like, really landed with you. So the, the comedy that lands for me is the kind that makes me go like, <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like at that stage of, of exhaustion that I'm kind of delirious. But don't worry, I pulled it together just for you guys for this fabulous review. Um, Jared, did you already share your... I have not yet, no. All right, um, take it away. I, as I've said on this show before, uh, when it comes to Spider-Man, it does not take much to excite me. However... If you want to impress me, you need to bring your A-game. Because when it comes to Spider-Man and Batman, I am a nitpicking fucking monster. 
And that is not to say that I'm like the I'm like the kind of fan who like can't enjoy the movie. Like I can enjoy a film for a film, but like the Spider Man fanboy and the Batman fanboy is going to mercilessly critique whatever you're putting in front of me with those characters. Um That said, I was just like with Homecoming, absolutely blown away. Um I thought Tom Holland gives such an amazing performance. I think that every time he puts on this costume, he elevates. Um, I think Zendaya was great. She, you know, she got a lot more to work with in this movie. She has a lot more screen time than she did in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal steals the show in almost every scene he's in. He's just so obnoxiously charismatic. And, you know, like, and again, this isn't like a big thing but like that one moment was like you know and then mr beck my name is mysterio and he like jokingly like right. makes a face at peter it's little things like it's it's little moments like that is the moment you win me over like little it's, human moments and beats like that that just that that's when you win me um so that was one of my high points um just everybody across the board turns in an excellent performance. Like you had said, Spencer, this is an amazing palate cleanser after Endgame. It serves the same kind of purpose that Ant-Man and the Wasp did after Infinity War to kind of let everybody take a deep breath and really go, okay, this is, we're back to the normal status quo or as normal as it can be post-Endgame um, and move right along with it. Before we get into spoiler territory, uh... Where does this rank for you guys amongst the Spider films? Oh, just... Okay, so we're talking, like, Raimi Trilogy. Raimi Trilogy, Raimi. amazing Spider-Verse in this. Which you'll be watching I Spider-Verse saw, this weekend. You saw, like, the first half hour. Oh, wait, you haven't... Dude! He hasn't on. had a chance to. We were going We were going to see Spider-Verse. And, it, yeah, it was me, Spencer, Joel, and Alexis. And we basically, like... All everybody pretty much consistently said you're all gonna go out and see a movie. It consistently said I I am good with either Spider Verse or Vice because we had all, yeah. all already seen Aquaman together. Okay. So we were like it's Spider Verse or Vice, and I I was Spider I, Vice or Verse. Don't <laughs> no I'm gonna say that you prick. <laughs> Um, so that, that, that was the, you know, uh, thing. We were all neutral on it, except for Joel, who basically said, I don't feel like seeing a cartoon. Um, so Vice it was. So we all saw Vice. Which, you know, was not a mistake. No, it was a great film. I don't think that seeing Vice was a mistake, but it just prevented me from seeing it. Spider-Verse is a fucking masterpiece. Yes. Like, and that's the thing, in my top three, it's definitely... This Spider-Man Two and Spider-Verse. Yeah, I just don't know what ranks how you of... can configure that. Yeah, because like the the best way I can describe this movie is this is to Homecoming as Spider-Man Two is to Spider-Man One. It it kind of fits the same beat of now we've established the now that you are this hero, what does it mean to be this yeah. hero? Well, yeah. How how are you going to deal with the fact that it will conflict with your life? And he does it in such an interesting way. And, like, I can't... I need to... See... I've seen it three times. But I need to, like... <laughs> what I need to do is rewatch Spider-Man 2. I haven't watched Spider-Man 2 in a hot minute. But, uh, it... 
I think they're tied, and Spider-Verse might be just a little ahead. Okay. So. All right. Uh, Spencer, yeah. um, barring Spider-Verse from the conversation for you from now. For now, I would say, in general, I rank the movies by trilogy or by, by you know, quote, by trilogy. Cluster. By, by cluster. <laughs> with my favorite being Tom Holland, then... McGuire and then Garfield. Garfield. Um, no, I said that wrong. Holland, Garfield, then McGuire. Ooh. Um, I even though he Spicy. wasn't, even though he wasn't a good Spider-Man, like the character, I still just loved the performance that Garfield turned in. Tobey Maguire never really impressed me. Maybe it's because I didn't watch the the Maguire trilogy until I was already like seventeen, and and didn't appreciate yeah. like the young the youngness of it, and growing up I was like oh I love the Spider Man movies, you know. Um, but Tom Holland scratches every itch that I could want from a Spider Man, mm-hmm. in that like he is timid and still trying to figure his own life out as Peter Parker, but he puts on the suit and he's cocky and he's confident and he's picking a fight and he takes the suit off and he, and, and he's still, you know, he's timid again. And he, it's just, it's, hey, the, it's that perfect <laughs> yeah. balance, you know? This movie and it, oh, it just was so great because there's so much awkward teenage romance, yeah. <laughs> but it just milks the fact that we got finally like an, an actor that perfectly fits both molds yeah where like i think toby Maguire lived too much in the timidity of spider-man and garfield lived too much in the cockiness and the confidence where like tom holland has the best of both worlds yeah it's just oh so nice he, he has the confidence to like heckle and fight Captain America but like he, he, he can't talk to girls <laughs> he can't talk to MJ but like you know he th- good morning but he has like he delivers an excellent flying kick to Captain America um for me ranking wise um I I've been grappling with this for a while as to how I am going to treat Spider-Verse in comparison to the other movies it's and simply hard. put I don't think it's fair to I'll because it is so different and like that's kind of where I was on you 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 like Spider-Verse has a completely different realm to play with because it is this animated movie that is not trying to set, to be a part of a, a, a extended universe with Spider-Verse you can do whatever the fuck you want however the fuck you want to so I have a really hard time putting Spider-Verse next to the Raimi movies, the Mark Webb movies, and like the MCU. So, with it kind of being <laughs> an unspoken rule that Spider-Verse, by default of what it can do, is better than the rest, my lineup... <clears throat> this is going to start fights. Oh boy. Far From Home, Homecoming 2. I'll give it to I you. I don't think you're going to start anything. Yeah, I... Here. I don't know if you'll bet. You, not with you guys. I mean, yeah, like some people listening are gonna get really fucking angry. Yeah, that too isn't <laughs> higher up. 
I definitely, the first couple times I saw Homecoming was like, yeah, this is better than two. And then after a couple of rewatching, I was like, yeah, I don't know. It could go either way. But with, and I'm still the same way about Far From Home. But like I said, I need to rewatch two. Yeah. And I agree. Spider Verse is just so above and beyond because of the capabilities. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely different beast. So. Um, with that, I think you guys. Can you do that on Dubak sometime? And like, because I didn't realize you can just do this. I can Star do the Wars more. I can I can quaxin it up for you any old time. Duly noted. Uh, with that, guys, we are going to move into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man: Far From Home yet, go see it. Come back to the pod and give it a listen. And if you guys are leaving now, be sure to tune back in at the same bat time at the same bat channel. We love you guys three thousand. Peace. Giving you time to press the pause button. Turn back. What's the freaking sign from Wizard of Oz? I'd turn back if I were you. And we're in. Okay, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson again. (laughs) And it is fantastic. I was telling Jared in the theater. J. Jonah Jameson. It's like, I feel like the role of J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson was written specifically for J.K. Simmons. I... I have never audibly yelled in a theater. Like, it's never happened before. Even in Endgame. Like, I, I clapped and cheered, if you want to count that, when Capcom you in there. But, like, I've never... I never said words. <laughs> and when I saw him on screen, I gripped the chair, looked at Jared, and just shouted, What? <laughs> now, what I was talking about... And Spencer, you didn't get to the end of the episode like you said of from last week. I that was what was leaked that I yeah, saw. That that was the image. That and I, I saw I saw an image. I saw J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons sitting behind the desk. And like I said, like I had like it was a video clip, and I heard, there you have it, folks, and then I stopped it because I was like, oh, he's gonna say a plot thing. Like this, like beyond yeah. just oh cool, J.K. Simmons is back as Jameson. There's, there's like a spoiler, spoiler here, and I paused it. And the fact that I inexplicably called Spider Man will yeah, be yeah. framed for something. You might want to pick up that phone. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you called it real good. I don't know, like I, I don't know how I did that because like I part of me was like, oh, this is a type of story we haven't seen from Spider Man yet in the on the big screen, yeah. um, where he is frame for something he didn't do yeah um so i was i was impressed with myself on that one my Um, t-back theory is uh resting in the grave yeah rest in peace god i felt so attacked in such a good way when the the scene where beck reveals himself right he's basically telling the audience you're a fucking idiot (laughs) like a story about a Man named Quentin from another Earth fighting off these elementals because that's the shit people are gonna believe right now. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> you like, got me. Uh. <laughs> no, I remember like it's opening night, like as, as Peter walks out of the bar, and all of like the barf holograms start to like melt away, and like the camera slowly pans back to him with this like 
like like almost Grinch style huge ass grin falling upon his face. Mm-hmm. He goes, "That was that was so much easier than I thought it would be." And like I, <laughs> I, I, I there was one of those moments where I, I wish real life had cutaways because I just wanted so badly for just like David Tennant Doctor Who to just. Oh, that's good. That's that's so good. <laughs> you do the voice way better than I do. Oh, that's good. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I needed. Yeah. Like right there was David Tennant doing that right in front of me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it was. Um, so uh, going through the story like we always do, um, the movie picks up. Uh, Pretty much soon, very soon after Endgame. Um, well, it's been it's been like a year. Yeah, they yeah. said like yeah, about Eight a year months. has passed. Yeah. Um, help me. What happens? Oh yeah, yeah. So what we see is, and this was actually one of the extra scenes in the Endgame re-release. Um, the bit at the very beginning where they have like the Columbia Pictures logo, and then it like fades into the statue. Uh-huh. Um, that was like the extra clip at the end of Endgame, the re-release, where it's just. Hill and Fury in Mexico. Storm had a face. Now we're fighting the weather. Sandman shows up in the Mysterio. You don't want any part of this. Um, that happens. We have the uh, classic Marvel Studios logo come up with uh, Whitney Houston's <laughs> I Will Always Love You. Linda! Uh, with a hilariously um, cheesy and poorly made a memorial uh, video dedicated to those who fell uh, during the final battle with Thanos. Comic Sans and Getty Images. Yeah, Comic Sans. <laughs> I didn't. I out loud said it my second viewing with Joel. I went fucking Comic Sans, like under my breath. Um, yeah, like the the the, the crappy images yeah. that they found. Um, my favorite was just how like sh- they could not have picked a worse picture for Natasha. Yeah, <laughs> like that just random picture of Nat testifying. Yeah, where and if that's that scene, I think it is. It's also picture. one of her worst moments of her life, where she's like, "Oh hey, here are all the horrible things I did for Shield." By the way, um, he, this is your in memoriam. Uh, yeah, this is really funny. We also see that apparently Cap is listed among the fallen of the final battle. Which is probably just the easiest way to explain him disappearing. Yeah, so whether that's, you know, he's actually so old that he passed away not long after Endgame, or it was just, you know, Steve Rogers went in and Mr. Rogers came out. Right, um, yeah. Which, again, is weird because he was at the funeral. But, <laughs> so, you know, explain that how you will. But well, yeah, don't they do the Stones post-funeral? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that he was at the funeral. So, like, if that was, like, televised, or, or not necessarily televised, but, like, if there was any type of oh, press I, coverage of Tony Stark's yeah, funeral. I got you. Um, someone's going to go, the fuck did he go? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Because um, he, he, he was there. He didn't die with Thanos. But, um, yeah, so the, the school science department is doing this really cool uh, Euro trip for the kids. We see Peter and Aunt May at like a feast style um, charity event. 
uh, where he's you know, incredibly rigid. He does yes, not have the. He, he's not ready for the spotlight. <laughs> not Spider-Man. quite ready for prime time. Get confirmation of who they basically everyone every major character blipped, as they call it. Yeah, I they refer to it as the blip, um, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that video that they show with like the. Um, like the band getting oh knocked the God. fuck out by the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Well, so, like, question: You're flying a plane. You're <laughs> you blipped and then you splat. Like yeah. that's what happened. Is like you were you had the worst luck ever. You're some, fucked. <laughs> some point soon they're gonna be like, um, actually, everyone that was in a plane got blipped onto the ground. It's like okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like it really doesn't matter. They'll they can find some way to explain it. It's just one of those things when you think about it. There's a Norse god with a magic hammer and yeah, a fucking raccoon. It, exactly. It's just easier to, to <laughs> just. just it, it exists. That's all it's you fine. need now. Um, but yeah, that that's they 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 really do a good job of kind of satirizing and kind of laughing through this very profoundly horrifying experience. Oh yeah. And again, that, that just feels real to me. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of people who because there would be somewhere a crappily made memorial video, yeah, somewhere for a crappily made high mm-hmm. school studio news program. Like it's it, I, I've, something... I've had no such experience. No, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a high school not. newsroom. I've not. never been in a high school newsroom. In my well, life. At least you can you can still hold the fact that you slipped a curse word onto the WCAT TV screen. Eat your heart out, Mrs. Hauk. I did. Yeah, don't you remember? It was the. It was the. I'm trying real hard. To oh be the my Pulp Fiction shirt. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I have a T-shirt that is, it's it's the diner version of the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen monologue, and it's like but like the text makes up Sam Jackson's face. Okay. But it is the you know the path of the righteous man blah 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 blah. Along with like the conversation he has with uh, Tim Roth's character, and he doesn't you know. Now most of the time, when someone hears me say that, that means your ass. And it never occurred to me that it was, that, on, yeah, my that it was on my shirt. No one noticed it except for him, and he didn't. He only noticed it because he saw a Ringo in the shirt, and he's like, "Wait a minute! If that's there, somewhere it says ass on your shirt." <laughs> and we found it. Good. It's like just under my right man tit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I forgot I did that. Thank you. Hey, um, man, you're welcome. But the they're going on this really cool Euro trip, and uh, Peter has made up his mind that he is taking a break from the superhero game for a little bit because he died, and then... Just a little bit. ...watched his mentor die, and Actually. also fought and killed a bunch of alien monsters and witnessed... I'd say he's earned a vacation. I, yeah, I think the 16-year-old who has yeah. been conscripted into a couple actual wars deserves a week yeah, off. Yeah, he's, you know he's what? He's earned a breather. Go, yeah, yeah go, go, go party have in Europe some, on a school fun. sanction trip. Um, And in that, while he's backstage at this charity event, Happy Hogan arrives. He's, he's putting the moves on Aunt May. Uh, Uncle Happy. Uncle Happy, which I kept screaming during the movie every time Happy made uh, goo goo eyes at Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's putting the moves on with Aunt May. 
And uh, Happy's like, oh, by the way, Nick Fury's trying to get a hold of you. Um, or is it Nick Fury? Um, he's trying dun, to get dun, a... Dun. <laughs> is it actually Ben Mendelsohn? Let's get, uh, let's table I, that for later. <laughs> I just love the hints they throw in. Oh, like, yeah. seem like hints at first. Yeah, like, like when you go back and go, this is not, this is not acting like Nick Fury. Yeah. Something's... <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. I have been draining like a mofo. My allergies are killing me. Pardon me. Um, but uh, Peter starts avoiding Nick Fury like the plague. Uh, and Fury is not not happy at all about that. And Peter makes the executive decision. He is not doing any Spider-Man activities in Europe. He's off. He's on vacation. Doesn't even bring a suit. Doesn't even bring a suit. Uh, hilarity ensues when they get on the plane because they're trying to manufacture a reason for Peter to sit next to MJ and it goes awry. When... And it, <laughs> it's just like the usual Which... junior high like romantic drama with like, ooh, I just want to sit, I want to sit next to them. I I'll want, tell you what, I hey, I, yeah, I get it. But it like, is also it's like, my I, dual it's, headphone it's, adapter. I can totally oh God, relate. So and it was yeah. so fun to just like be Ned's wow, lie, wow. Ned's like thing that he made up on the spot is fucking genius. <laughs> like, like the old oh, lady yeah, his perfume. eyes are watering yeah. a lot because of a perfume allergy. Like, can you switch seats? And it just so happens that the, the teacher, <laughs> the teacher, can we? What's his? I need to look up his. Yeah, name. look up the teacher's name. I can't. Uh, I, it was on the tip of my like tongue. Mr. And I lost Mr. Yeah, figure out his name and the name of the teacher that J.B. Smooth plays. Oh, I know Julius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julius. <laughs> oh, man, what a movie. I'm trying my best, Julius. <laughs> the line that Travis yelled in the theater tonight when we were watching it. With Spencer. Like, uh, he's like giddy waiting for it to happen. And then he loudly goes, I'm trying my best, Julius, during the cyclone battle in London. It's just so good. <laughs> I love that you love these bit characters so much. They're perfect. Like, it is so pure and adorable. Uh, Martin Starr, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. <laughs> That's the teacher's name? That's the actor's name. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't... Oh, fuck, it doesn't say his, his character's name. It shows everyone else's. Oh, uh, yeah, you... Okay, I keep, you. keep talking, I'll yeah. figure this out. Okay, yeah, yeah, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, so they try to come up with his cockamamie scheme. Obviously, the teacher it intervenes because he takes yeah. perfume allergies very seriously. Very seriously. Uh, it seriously backfires. <laughs> Ned ends up sitting next to the other girl. To Betty Brant. To Betty Brant. Um, and they're kind of like disgusted at first and at the, at the bad luck. And MJ ends up sitting next to... The steamy the, Brad. The steamy Brad, who's 20-something now. Yeah. Um, and Peter no, has to sit next to... No, he's their age now. Yeah, he's their age. He was he younger. Ca- he caught up to them. Yeah, he was... He was five years oh, younger than that. He was younger than that. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that never... I, I never figured that out. If if he was, like... Yeah, he was... So he would have been, like, 11. Like, he was all weird happened. and prepubescent looking before everyone died. He's the died. example they use in the in that announcement clip of people that 
aged during the movie. Yeah, like, it was, like, the one girl who was, like, hey, her five years ago, her today, because she fucking died. And then it's, like, the bony, prepubescent Asian kid, and then it's, like, steamy, muscular Brad. Like, it because it's, like, in the five years that everyone was dead, he, you know, puberty was good to him. Um, yeah, I, I think they could have done, like, maybe... Just a teensy bit better job of making it comprehensible for a first watch. Yeah, because I'm sure if I watched it again, it would make like more like sense. the hot tub time machine also, scene from Endgame. That like <laughs> the first time through, you're like, um, yeah. So it so it all will work out, I guess. Yeah, cool. Somehow, I'm not gonna worry about it now. Yeah, yeah. Like on a second watch, I'll probably pick up on exactly what's Roger going on. Harrington. Harrington, Mr. Oh, Harrington, Mr. Harrington. God bless. <laughs> He's trying his best. Yeah, he's trying so hard. Um, but he, yeah, I'm he... trying my best, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be another shirt. We're going to make a flash mob shirt and just, I'm trying yeah, my, my best, best Julius. Julius. And um, I ship anti-Megan. Anti yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Peter ends up stuck next to uh, Mr. Harrington. Uh, the what is Another Easter egg I really liked was the... Um, the documentaries that they could watch yeah. on the screen. Yeah, there's one just called "The Snap," Ooh. one called "Find" called "Finding Wakanda." Uh, there's an episode of Nova with Eric Selvig. Really? Yeah. Um, and then there's like the one that Peter actually clicks on and then clicks away from was like "Heart, Heart of Iron. Iron," the Tony Stark story. Mm. Um, I think there was a fifth one. I think there was. I think, it, I think it's a screen of five, and then you see just Heart of Iron by itself. Yeah, and then right? it's a Heart of Iron one. I can't remember. It goes by so or. fast. But. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've seen like people who like took pictures of it, but like Finding yeah. Wakanda, The Snap, an episode of Nova with mm-hmm. Dr. Selvig, and then the Iron Man documentary, um, which is a cool little Easter egg, but he's watching Brad and MJ kind of schmooze. He's getting jealous. He's getting nervous. He's going to miss his chance uh, with the girl of whom he is... Uh, smitten he's smitten with her um there was a really funny moment where he sees her coming out of the bathroom that you that was another one that you that got killed with you i was like because i i think i laughed out loud you did you went like Like, just like that it's just like one of those perfect like little awkward teenage moments that are so relatable where like you come out of the bathroom, you're not expecting to see your crush standing there waiting in line, and so you, like, yep. upon sight, you, like, you retreat back in and come up with a plan. You know, retreat like, back in. It was, make sure it it's like, spotless for yes, her. and make sure... The it, perfect like, gentleman that Peter is. It is just And then it's actually the dreams Brad. Yeah, he opens up the door and it's fucking Brad again. Um, which is funny. It was just too much. Oh, it was so funny. Uh, eventually they get into Venice. Uh, Peter goes to get the Black Dahlia necklace for MJ that he wanted to get her so that he could confess his love to her uh, in Paris. And uh, while they're there, we have our first, well, not our first elemental sighting, but the first time that Peter throws hands with an elemental as a giant water creature, uh, Hydro-Man, as it is uh, basically written out to be. Comes out of the water and starts attacking all the people there, and then Mysterio, very Syndrome-esque, shows up to clean up his own mess. Because mm-hmm. um, Mysterio and Syndrome are basically the same fucking villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's everyone, when everyone's super, no one will be. Um, but uh, Mysterio swoops in to fight uh, 
Hydro Man. Hilarity ensues as Peter puts on like a jester mask to obscure his face a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, the carnival. Yeah, mask. It, he's like swinging was, around. That was cute and, too. He looks like a jester. I like whenever he tries to get uh, Beck's attention. He's like, "Hey, how can I help? I'm strong and I'm sticky." <laughs> I'm strong and Just I'm sticky. Just help me lead it away. Cool. Can yeah. You do that. Yeah. Um, which is adorable. There's the really cool moment in the bell tower. Um, again, very again showing his how innovative and clever he is with how he uses his equipment and his powers but also with like the slapstick of showing he's still relatively new to this because he literally gets, gets his bell rung gets by ringing the bell hard. with his head yeah um, twice which this one autumn like all of us did but him like really loudly just went, oh every time he hit his head um and then eventually uh mysterio kills Hydro Man and flies off into uh, the sunset. Later, all the kids are sitting in the flooding hotel. <laughs> when you're in um, Rome, you do as the Romans do. When you go to Venice, <laughs> your socks get wet. <laughs> I want to know how much of Mr. Harrington and Julius Smoove, how much of their how much of their lines are just at the very least JB Smoove. I want to know how many of his lines is just them saying JB say whatever the fuck you want. Uh, like I don't they can't be scripted. There's, yeah, so much of it's that too perfect. Especially him like eating shit, getting off the bus, <laughs> like the way he goes oh, whoosh, like that was not of, scripted. All of his like made of switches. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think it is as a man of science? I think it's witches. <laughs> it got, like, my, like, I see that th- there's a lot of comedy to that, but it got to the point where, like, the witches' jokes just got old. I, like, <laughs> see, I was fine with it because of how specific it was. Like, there was just something very funny about the fact that he was, as a man of science, it's witches. And, like, the fact that, like, that was immediately where he went. And, like, he's, like, Google. Science. I love, yeah. I love uh, flash-forwarding a bit when the first time Peter puts on the Eve glasses and he's looking around when everyone's typing and texting in their phones and you can, like, see what they're Googling. Yeah. And he's, Julius is Googling something about New Age witch, like, witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> New Age witch. They really beat that to death. It was oh, light yeah, up. Like, in the hotel, like, this is like, it's witches. Welcome to the new dark ages. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why. I want to. I want. I want Julius and Mr. Harrington to get a Disney Plus show. I would. I would watch a Disney Plus show about Rap Wandavision. Give me Julius and Harrington. Oh, I just went like you do it like Lion King one and a half style. Yeah, or it's oh, yeah. just the events of like, Far From Home from their just told perspective. From their perspective. Oh, that'd be funny. I'd watch it several. times. I'd watch the shit out of that. That's just you know, <laughs> Julius and Mr. Harrington Far From Home. Um, but yeah, they're back. They're watching the news coverage of the fight between Hydro Man and Mysterio, and um. There's a scene from the trailer with the whole, uh, you know, well, why are you so into Spider-Man? He's an inspiration. He makes me want to be a better person. Peter enters the room. Sup, dickwad? Uh, with Flash Thompson. <laughs> uh, we have that. We have uh, Peter finding out that Happy Hogan is 
definitely sleeping with Aunt May. Um, Uncle Happy. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of your aunt, Peter. And like the look oh, fell over his face. Like, that sounded terrible. But he's only worried that it sounded terrible because it's true. Uh. Happy Hogan is sleeping with Aunt May. <laughs> say say what you want. That's what's happening. Um, and you can't shake that from my head cannon. Peter gets ready to go to bed. And like I said, and you know, another big part from the trailer, uh, Ned and Peter get into their hotel room and Nick Fury tranks Ned. <laughs> the scene with Fury is so funny. Um, again, kind of like a tell. man to find, Mr. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> like, whenever he just gets fed up with like everybody coming to the door. Because um, he references that, you know, they cross paths at Tony's funeral. Um, but the the line, like, the, like after the third person comes to the door, and he's like, if one more person comes to that door, we're attending another funeral. Um, and I will be attending another funeral. That was a fun line. <laughs> that was a nice little one-liner. It, um, it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Yeah, well, because yeah. Fury doesn't quip, and that should have been a warning. Um Speaking of the trailer, can we talk about, for briefly, how much they cut that was in the trailer? Yeah, I was going to get to that when we started talking about cons without spoiling it. I I, I said this whenever we were talking about um, Dark Phoenix before. That's going to be one of the very few things about this movie that is going to take points away from its score for me. I don't like when, they, when you cut shit from trailers. That infuriates me so much. I understand that shit happens. But that entire sequence that has been in every trailer of him in the Iron Spider fighting those thugs and talking yeah. to the cops, nowhere to be seen. All of the stuff of him prepping for the trip. Like, basically everything that happens in New York bar, like, two scenes, is not in this movie. Yeah. It's and, and it's not even that, like, I'm upset heavily that it isn't there. It's just kind of jarring. It's frustrating. And, you know, like, most MCU movies don't have that problem. Mm. I, I can't remember there being off the top of my head, correct me if I'm wrong, like a noticeable where the hell was this scene that right, was in the trailer? Right. Um, you know, as opposed to like Rogue One and Suicide Squad and um, Dark Phoenix, obviously. Um, as it came up I, when we were talking about that. I, I have to wonder if like there's a cut of this movie that's like two and a half-ish hours and they were like, we just came off of a three-hour epic. You gotta trim this down. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but again, like I really would have liked to have seen. And, and, and again, like this is me nitpicking Spider-Man. I would have liked to have seen just Peter fighting thugs. And like, and that's not to say that like it's a bad Spider-Man movie because you don't see Peter fighting thugs. But there's a part of me that really badly just wanted, just for a moment, a to just see him fighting, you know, yeah. street criminals. But also just kind of like the hilarity of like a bunch of thugs trying to keep up with the Iron Spider armor. Where, you know, like, like this thing was tanking laser cannons and now you're going to like, you're pulling out like a Glock to yeah. try to shoot them. Like, you know, go back to bed. Um, so that, that did frustrate me. Um, but the leaves with Nick Fury, he realizes that uh, Mysterio, a.k.a. Quentin Beck, is working with uh, Fury and what is looks like to be the skeleton of a reborn shield. Uh, also receives the Edith glasses. Yes, and then he receives the Edith glasses, um, which apparently is an is an acronym. <laughs> even dead, I'm still the hero. Uh, even dead, I'm the hero. 
But I just thought it was so funny. Like, that's the kind of shit-eating... Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's that one sound? It's like, you little... Little prick. You know? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Tony. Um, just being, like, a snide little shit from beyond the grave. Um, <clears throat> then Peter gets the glasses. He starts... He meets uh, Mysterio um, properly and basically says to Fury, I'd love to help you fight these elemental things. And we, they establish it. Uh, Mysterio's from another world. Another dimension. Another dimension. Um, <clears throat> saying that, you know, he tried to fight the Elementals. The Elementals won. Um, and he lost his family in the conflict. <clears throat> um, Sp- uh, Spider-Man pretty much says, hey, I'd love to help you. But if my classmates see Spider-Man showing up literally every time we go on a field trip, they're going to get incredibly suspicious. I'm going to out myself... I, I can't do it. And Nick Fury, you can't tell if he's being sarcastic at first. And he just pretty much is like, okay, you can go. It's fine. Um, then he lets him go. And then Spider-Man's like, yeah, you know, Nick Fury, let me go. And then very quickly you realize Dimitri, this very stoic, intimidating man working for Fury, is now the bus driver. Yeah. And they're going on a detour to Prague. <laughs> where um, Where uh, Molten Man is laying in wait for uh, our S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um, uh, when they arrive in Prague, uh, they, 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 actually, they're in the German Alps. At this point, um, Peter tries to take a bathroom, they, every, they stop for a bathroom break. Peter is ushered into an abandoned bar where, uh, another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, a, uh, female tells him to strip down so he can try on his new stealth suit that is not, um, noticeably red and blue and shit so he can have some amount of deniability and um, as he's undressing to try on the costume, Brad comes in, sees him pantsless with this uh, blonde female, uh, snaps a picture and basically says, ha ha, I have won the ticket to MJ's heart because now she'll see that you were trying to get laid on our Euro trip. Neener, neener, neener. They get back on the bus and Spider-Man starts trying to use Edith to hack into Brad's phone and delete the picture. And... and- <laughs> accidentally calls a drone strike on him as you do <laughs> like as, you do as you do <laughs> uh, yeah it almost blows up the bus um, I don't know why that was one of the most stylish shots of the whole movie when he's like, like leaping out of the bus yeah like yeah. baby mountain goat so he like does like the big dramatic spider-man jump and like webs the drone <laughs> to stop it from blowing the uh, the bus to hell um, very slick very very slick very stylized I like the hair whoosh um, I also love whenever Flash... I, okay, so this is... Being my third viewing, I could finally figure out what the fuck Flash is saying in that scene when he rips the glasses off of Peter's face. Because he takes and he puts them... He's like, Peter, where'd you get these, man? How and did he, you afford these? Yeah, he goes, how did you afford these? He's like, how did you pay for these? How did you afford these? And as Peter's trying to take them back, Flash goes, no, legitimately, I'm trying to give you a compliment. And then he knocks them out. <laughs> But I didn't catch it until this time. I didn't either. Because he's speaking so quickly. And, like, Peter's, like, like, Peter's talking over him. Like, give me the glasses. Give me the glasses. Give me the glasses. And, like, music and the tension. And, you know, like, oh, no, he's, like, the drone going to shoot the boss, whatever. But, like, he says, I'm trying to give you a compliment. And then Peter just knocks him the fuck out by accident. Not even even knocks him out. Like, gives him a nice little love tap on the cheek. And he's on. Yeah, like, he just, like, stiff arms and, like, lays down. Um, the fact that like Flash goes, I'm trying to pay you a compliment. Thunk. Thunk, yeah, knockout. 
Which I was like so happy I heard that. Like I, w- I can't wait to watch this movie on DVD with subtitles to catch everything that Flash says in that moment. Um, but yeah, he uh, he gets the glasses back so he can <laughs> stop the drone strike from murdering uh, Brad. They get to Prague, and again, Peter is being uh, set upon with all of the responsibilities of being a superhero and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, mm-hmm. and has to find a way to keep his friends out of harm's way. And, uh, you know, make his moves on MJ. Yeah, trying to balance the two. Um, he has to, unfortunately, stand her up at the opera they're going to go to so that he can go fight Molten Man alongside Mysterio. He bails. Brad is still trying to get cozy. MJ's clearly not interested. Um, so she leaves right after that. And then um, Ned, with his plan to be an American bachelor in Europe, thrown out the window so that he could be with his you newly found Betty. love of his life, <laughs> Betty Brandt. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about Betty's exact quote? I don't know what you guys heard, but I heard, do you think she's going to be part of the plot? I want to be part of the plot. Let's go be part of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I don't have a problem with it like it wasn't to the yeah. point where I was like this is absurd but it was just so funny because you can see the look on Ned's face like I'm trying to keep you away from the plot damn it you guys so... heard that right you guys, you guys heard them like desperately the moment is so self aware that I'm perfectly okay with it being <laughs> totally constructed to put them in harm's way yeah, <laughs> he's like otherwise. There's no reason for Betty and Ned to be there when Molten Man attacks. I mean, you got the fact that like they were supposed to go to the big carnival thing, and yeah. then they pull, and then Peter used Edith to pull the plug on that, so that they had to, yeah, and stay inside. And then Betty just like does they watch MJ leave, and Betty goes, "Oh fuck this! I'm going to the carnival." Yeah, um, these teachers are so they, goddamn hapless; they won't be able to stop us. Uh, <laughs> like. Julius will just start complaining about fucking witches. <laughs> Where'd the kids go? Oh, I told you, man. He's the, the witches. Num- the number of times that you hear the line, oh, thank God, Peter, you're not dead in this movie. The fact that it's more than once. Because, like, I was telling Jared during the credits, I was like, one of my favorite moments in, I think, all of the MCU is in the first Spider, like, in, in Homecoming. Homecoming, during, like, the, the, again, like, the high school newsreel when it's like an interview with Mr. <laughs> Harrington, and he's just like, I just couldn't lose a student on a field trip. Not, Not again. again. <laughs> and, he, and, he like, and he like looks straight into the camera with a straight face. Iron Man is just like Fortunate Son playing in the background and slowly going into black and white. The trains are singing. That's what, oh wait, that's what Julius and Mr. Harrington can be about, is like the harrowing field trip where they lost the fucking student. Um, but, uh, <laughs> moving right along. Oh, we also did miss this part, um, that before they, uh, get the show on the road to go, um, to the opera and to, prote- uh, for Peter to protect his friends and they can go fight Molten Man, um, he has a heart to heart with Mysterio or Mysterio is basically saying, look. You know, I get you want to go have a social life with your friends and basically basically having like a I'm proud of you. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't even know you, but I'm really impressed by By your maturity right now that you're you're even in the room. Like, you could just boldly say, I'm not doing this, but you didn't. And for that, I'm proud of you. That moment with Mysterio. Um, 
eventually we get to the uh, carnival where uh, Peter is Peter and Sierra are waiting for Molten Man to arrive. Uh, MJ's walking does. around. Yeah. Ned and uh, um, Betty are on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> we hear. <laughs> I also love it during like the the briefing scene with uh, Fury Hill and Mysterio and Peter. The first time he has like the really strange line of don't let him get too big because he'll start yeah. pulling energy from the Earth's core, uh, which sounds like such a corny movie plot. It really does. That like that both Fury and Hill go, what? what? <laughs> that doesn't make any, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they, both, they both clearly go, I don't understand what you're trying to say, but it's a giant lava monster, so let's kill it anyway. Let's go with it. Like, whatever, like, we need to kill the lava monster, but this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, which is, again, one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is, like, during the London fight, like, I think it's pulling energy from the Earth's core, and, like, the music stops, and Fury just looks over at Hill. Now that's some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the deadpan delivery from Sam Jackson. Um, it's good. Oh, it's, it's absolutely good. good. Sam Jackson playing Ben Mendelsohn playing sam jackson but yeah moving right along uh peter and mysterio fight uh molten man in the uh middle of the carnival mj's you know trying to dance around the danger while molten man is uh slowly advancing upon the ferris wheel because you know to absorb it to absorb it so it can draw (laughs) power assimilate to draw power from earth's core k (laughs) um I was drinking the Kool-Aid at that point. I was like, oh, that's an, inter- that's an interesting <laughs> that villain sense. mechanic, you know? Yeah, let's, uh, like I said, like that's a, it's like dumb action movie shorthand for... Yeah. We don't know how the villain's powers work, so something, something metal, something, something core of the earth, something, something energy. More powerful. Powerful thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Jay Gyllenhaal rolling the natural 20s, or Quentin Beck rolling the natural 20s on that charisma. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, him do the... Now, I made this joke to you uh, with how dramatic and over-the-top Beck is that, like, he, he Quentin Beck so badly wants to be the lead character of an anime. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Oh my you, god. You know, there's the um This is for my family. Um the screeching, like the dramatic over the shoulder with like when he was gonna like sacrifice yeah. himself to kill Molten Man where he What like, are you gonna do? What I should have done, done the, the first time. time. <laughs> Looks over his shoulder. Whatever happens, I'm glad we met. Flies in the molten man and blows him Wait, up. Wait, he up. even nothing personal kids Peter. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. My favorite. We'll get there with like when it's like he's being a total anime, like a shonen yeah. hero. Um, but they fight molten man in the process while Peter is trying to web up the Ferris wheel from getting absorbed and destroyed, uh, killing um, Ned and Betty in the process. He. Uh, Shoots a web at the Ferris wheel, and it's kind of caught in like an awful wheel, weird force field. Um, and then he yanks something off of the Ferris wheel that bounces down the street right in front of where MJ is. Uh, but eventually, like I said, Mysterio goes uh, Son Goku and blows Molten Man up from the inside, uh, 
very cell. Right. <laughs> very <laughs> in a teleporting the, cell him, away. Gives him the bye guys moment. Except yeah. Not really. Because <laughs> then he's fine. What I should have done the first time. Nothing against Jake Gyllenhaal's performance or the like way he's... He's written that be. way on purpose. It's like, supposed yeah. to be like He's that. supposed to be this cheesy whatever. Um, and it's so funny. When, like, in hindsight, like looking at it, it's hilarious. Um, blows up Bolton Man, he survives, and then he and Peter... Uh, Nick Fury chastises Peter and basically says, you know... Like, you did a good job, but you didn't even want to fucking be here in the first place. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to be able to count on you, I need you to be able to, like, drop everything and be here when the shit hits the fan. And right now, it doesn't seem like you could do that. Um, so he kind of, like, shames Peter a little bit. Uh, and then Peter and Mysterio go to grab a drink, and they're hanging out. And Mysterio basically coaxes Peter into admitting to how much he just doesn't want to be a superhero right now. Mm. Which... Is fair. <laughs> Again, you died. <laughs> and then watched your mentor die. And you're also still 16. Yeah. Like, <laughs> poor kid. Well, yeah, with all the loss, you know, the, you know, the implied death of Ben Parker. Um, and the implied death of his parents. <laughs> this is why he's living with his aunt and uncle. Uh, you know, the kid's been through a lot. But he uh, um, basically gets coaxed into giving Mysterio the Edith uh, system. And at first, Quentin's like, no, 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 no. I can't take this from you. Tony left this for you. And he says, no, Tony left it to me to choose who who should who should go to. Right. Um, because, you know, Mysterio read Peter right. He knew that, like, if you indulge his want to be validated while scratching the I'm not good enough itch all at the same time, he'll give up the Edith system. Which eventually, of course, he does. Um, Which leads to one of the most triumphantly corny scenes of the whole movie. Again, Mysterio... get this stupid costume off! <laughs> oh, God. No, because like, you know, Edith gives him the glasses. Peter gives him the glasses. I also love the very subtle. They don't... They don't beat you over the head with it, which a, which lesser filmmakers would have, but the scene when Quentin puts the glasses on, and, like, he kind of looks like Tony. Because he has, like... He has, the, he has like, the, the, the swooshed up hair and the beard and now the big sunglasses... You know, you can see it in Peter's face, and that's all you need. And in between the way the way between the way this scene is written and shot, and Tom Holland's reaction, that's all you need is him going, "Oh my God, you look like Tony," which is probably meant to mirror a later scene, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but uh, that happens, and um, he gives him the glasses. He walks out. And then this bar they were in slowly starts to turn blue and patrons and wall decorations and stuff all start to slowly fade away. And then Mysterio with this growing Grinch style smile just, you know, (laughs) that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And then, you know, like you said, someone get, get this stupid costume off me. Um, At which point we have the moment in the movie uh, Spencer, because you weren't with Travis and I opening night for this, the moments Travis and I 
lost our fucking minds oh, during man. the bar speech. Um, <laughs> I couldn't fathom how they worked this in. Like, like no, well, it was cool when they did the whole like, "Ooh, Barf is back," you know, like the whole like, that, that the way Mysterio has been fooling everybody is these weaponized drones with the holographic Barf technology from Civil War. Um, uh, and my favorite thing, you know, is like the. The guy that Obadiah Stane screams oh, at. Yeah. Tony Stark no, was able to build this in a cave with the a box, box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> like, they bring that scene back, and it's just. William. I've, oh. seen, I've seen so many other podcasters and YouTubers just talk about how underrated and hilarious that scene is. That, like, there's, again, it's just one of those, like, unintentional, that it's, like, unintentionally funny in, like, uh, the room way. Yeah. But, like, it's just one of those moments that, like, you know, in any type of art that you never know how an audience is going to react to something. And I don't think that when that scene was written and shot, people they, knew that they knew that, like, there was going to be, like, a subset of the people who watched it who, for some reason, thought that line was so fucking funny. <laughs> With a box of scraps! Yeah, <laughs> And, you know, lo and behold... Which, by the way, you know who that was? Who played that guy in both Iron Man and in this? No. That's Ralphie from A Fucking Christmas Story. Is it really? That's Peter Billingsley. You're fucking... Wow. Yeah, who's been, like, an MCU producer since day one. Wow. Like, he's been That's helping to bankroll all of this shit. I met him at Steel City Con and didn't realize he was an Iron Man until, like, last week. Wow. And that was him in that That's scene. That's cool. Um, so, you'll shoot your eye out. Um, but uh, we find out that the whole Mysterio persona, just like in the comics, is an absolute farce. It's been real uh, destruction and devastation done by these invisible drones that are making everything look like there are these giant elemental monsters and that it has all been a ruse to uh, accumulate all of the money and power and fame possible for Mysterio and his ilk. Uh, and to just get revenge and spite against the memory of Tony Stark. Um, we get to see how unhinged that Quentin Beck really is with uh, the way he talks about it and, you know, the, the petty nature of everybody involved. Because, like, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe Tony fucked you guys over. He also literally killed himself so that all y'all could live. Yeah. Like, let's let's take a step back. It took a long time to get there, but yeah. you know, it, we got there eventually. Yeah, he he died, so you know he he had to say goodbye to his family so that you could, you know, still live. So how about we take the fuck Tony Stark back just a little bit? Um. But uh, yeah, and eventually, uh, Peter and MJ. Link back up, MJ calls his bluff and says, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> and, you know, recognizes, yeah. the, he sees the webbing on the wall, as it were, um, points out... Webbing um, on the projector. Webbing on the projector as well. Um, you know, points out, like, these are all the times that you've disappeared and Spider-Man shows up, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, the fact that, like, the one classmate's like, always a male escort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, which is really funny, and then MJ pulls out the projector from the one drone, and then Peter realizes what Mysterio has been up to all along, so he resolves to go after Mysterio, 
and tells Ned and MJ to cover for him that he's staying with family in Prague. In Berlin. Or in Berlin, thank you. Um, and then eventually we get to my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, Peter goes to Berlin to interview to uh, um, intercede uh, Mysterio and stop him from being able to pull the wool over Fury's eye mm-hmm. any longer. Um, and it says, "Hey, Mysterio's a fraud. All hell is breaking loose. I gave him Edith. We need to stop this." Uh, they go to this shield base of sorts. Um, and while, uh, he's giving Fury the rundown on what's going on, the base starts to disappear. Maria Hill starts to disappear. A bullet gets shot through the wall, hits Nick Fury. Nick Fury goes flying. And then we go into, again, just like whenever Homecoming came out, the fact that, like, the Spider-Man, like, the 1960s Spider-Man theme was just given like the orchestral treatment and and then it went from like the like that blew me away and like the web wings and shit and like this movie kept it going where it's like okay we're just gonna do one of like the really weird trippy Mysterio illusion scenes from the comics I'm just gonna pull out all the stops and it's gonna be trippy as fuck um you know and it's 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 beautiful it's absolutely stunning um, and then this brings me to one of my very few flaws about the movie, um, or complaints personally. I think this moment could have been the moment we finally have, aside from like the suitcase and the way that Peter talks about him without actually saying the name. This could have been the moment where you address Uncle Ben. Okay. Kind of like, well, they, I mean, they, I think they use that space to talk about Tony. Instead, and I that's think that's what I was saying. I think that that a strikes more with the theme of the of the film, but also like given Quentin's knowledge about Peter, right? Like he could have looked up, like figured out anything. That's about what I was saying. He and I were having this but, conversation in the car that like I think that could have been the moment where like it was best. You were where, where I'd say you do both. Okay. Oh, I, I say like I say like he like hits the ground and he's looking at at two headstones. One that says okay. Ben Parker. Benjamin Parker and the other one that says Tony Stark. And you know, with the Edith glasses, he just goes, you know, give me everything on Peter Parker. And then yeah. like he's flipping through, and then oh hey, here's his here's the obituary of Benjamin Parker. Um, and like you have a moment where you have like the two headstones in front of him, and instead of it just you know, and maybe if you were good enough, you could have saved Tony. You can have it be that gut punch where, again, and then that's a moment, and that's a terrifying moment for Peter, where it's like, dude, I never fucking told you about my uncle. Yeah. And how freaky that would be to just randomly have Quentin Beck go, and maybe you could have saved Ben and Tony. And then you have a moment where, like, the Iron Man zombie jumps out of the grave and attacks him. It doesn't make any sense, though. Chronologically, it doesn't hold water, because the entire movie is set up as though... Ben's death happened 10 plus years ago. Like, Aunt May has obviously moved on from it. She's seeing Happy. She's not visibly distraught in any of the appearances that we see her. I, yeah, like, I think... I on think top it, of that, it would admit, it would imply that Peter was, like... But he does bring Between 5 and 10 years old, whenever the accident happens, which means he doesn't have his powers yet, which makes him... Not only like 
from age but also ability incapable of doing anything to stop uncle ben's death even if he was there you can't expect a five-year-old to to stop their uncle from being shot it's just like it chronolo in this timeline it doesn't hold water yes does like does it still sting like the only other male figure that i've ever had in my life was killed and then the like male figure that filled that role in my life killed himself to save everybody else yeah and that stings a bit and i get that where like if you want to go for the for the for the ultimate gut punch where it's like every male father figure you've ever loved is dead let me just remind you of that real quick it's like that's that's one thing but i just don't think that this MCU needs to touch upon Ben any more than the suitcase cameo, you know, with yeah. the, like the, and the, that's the, fair. the Uncle Ben Spider-Man origin story has been been beaten to yeah. the ground. It's just like Everybody watching who knows Thomas anything. and Martha Wayne get shot again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need to show it, Why and if you, you and if you do, make it like uh, what the hell was it? Like I think it was. Batman v Superman with like the opening credit montage with just like pearls flying everywhere. Yeah. If you know anything about anything, you get that reference. Yeah. I mean, like you see the suitcase that's old and tattery, and 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 Peter's using it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So in this universe, Uncle Ben was still a thing, but it's obviously far enough. I mean, back yeah, they mentioned that... in Homecoming too because when he's talking to Ned, he's like, "Oh, it, everything's been rough," you know. With he just says ever since and he trails yeah. off and that's why I think Ben died by the time he had his powers yeah because Spencer because he he says well hey go all the way back to Civil War he, he Peter up he just gets antsy and like, he, he just speaks in sentence fragments he, like he as I don't think he's just able to say it out loud yet like now granted by the time we get to Far From Home we're maybe seven years out from Ben dying and we don't know how long he's been Spider-Man as well. Like, in Civil War. Like, maybe Tony mentions it. They, yeah, but they, like, they give a, a time frame. It's been a few months. Yeah, so he's only been active been eight. for... He says I eight months? I remember it is eight months, yeah. Okay, well then, that gives enough time for it to be, you know... However you want to shake yeah. it. He's wrestling, he throws a temper tantrum and walks out of the house. Whatever. There's a moment that creates tension between him and Ben that results in a situation that he could have stopped that gets Uncle Ben killed. And, again, the, the, like, the way he, he talks about it still being fresh in Homecoming, he goes, you know, he's like, ever since, it's just been so hard with Aunt May, and, like, he, like, he, 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 like, he just, he deliberately doesn't say his name, because I think that, like, if he did, he'd melt. Yeah. And, like, I was saying to you in the car, and say on the air, and for Travis to hear as well, I think that's why he latches on to Tony so hard so quickly is it because he the wound of uncle ben is still fresh that there's a part of him that's just like i need to do right by a father figure so badly because you know who knows when his parents died you know in the comics his parents die so early in his life that they're rarely even that big of a part of his life to begin with that like peter's able to move on from it because he didn't really know them like, it hurts that he doesn't get to have them in his life, but it's been so long and has so little memory, it's not that deep of a wound for him. But here, and I think this is that similar thing, that, like, maybe his parents died when he was, like, little. 
like before he can even remember him. But there's still a part of him that goes, oh, I never had a father. And then you have, and then it's, you know, as it is to be implied, like every other version of Spider-Man, he is responsible in some way for Ben's death. Oh my God. I, you know, now I have like, you know, I was a normal kid with like a normal father figure. Now I'm a super kid with a super father figure. The stakes are higher. I need to do right by him. And that's why I think Ben happened post him getting his powers and later into his life. Um, Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I think, you know, and I, I, and I think there is something to be said for like May kind of starting to move on. I think, um, I think a lot of that, you know, May in the comics has like has dated and you know been with other guys after Ben as well, um, at varying points. Like I remember back in like. The 60s or 70s, like Aunt May, unbeknownst to everyone else involved, was dating Otto Octavius. <laughs> so, like, they've done stories where, like, May, you know, not, like, 10, 15 years after Ben's death, much sooner than that, you know, kind of gets back in the scene. And I think that kind of plays to, like, how she reacts to Happy later. Is that, like, she doesn't view Happy Hogan as some serious thing. That, like, it's just like, a, oh, you know, we're fooling around or whatever. But, like, I think there's a part of her that, like, the reason she says no is because she goes, yeah, I'm not ready for someone serious. Because, bet. So, that, like I said, that's that's been my kind of thought process with the whole thing um, as to, like, what the Uncle Ben situation is. And you could be completely right as well. And until they address it, it is completely open to conjecture. The biggest throw-off for me at this point is the five years that they just kind of, like, wedged in between now and, like, like real-time 2019 yeah. and yeah. real-time MCU. Where, like... Yeah. They never really talk year, about like, the fact that it's yeah, 2024. It's like two, years, yeah. <laughs> two years ago, you know, Spider-Man 1 came out, and then now it's, like, seven years from the first one, and it's... Yeah, Trippy. and it's and also that, that, that weird relative and, time for and, and May, that, Peter, yeah. MJ, Ned. Flash. And so, like, I think you know, as I'm thinking about it, it just seems off. Maybe just for the reason that yeah. there's five years that were just invented in the middle. Yeah, but those are five years that none of the characters in play lived though. Right, because they they like you know, and like Peter says, like he's like, you know, I passed out and then I woke back up, and Doctor Strange told me it was five years later. You know, like, Strange only knew because he looked into the future, but Peter yeah. was like, it, it felt like yeah. he, he fainted mm-hmm. and then woke back up immediately. So that's that's the Uncle Ben debate, and that could be a discussion topic for another day. We can really get in the weeds about that. Um, but moving right along, the amazing, amazing uh, illusion sequence, you know, the mind fuck that that is, and your reaction just when you think it's over, uh, and Fury yeah, shoots yeah, Quill back the in the back. Out. Yeah, the the big fake out, and 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 I was telling Jared in the car like I I knew it, but I should have known it quicker. Yeah, like you know, dude. where he's like, now it's very important that we that we help protect all the people that you you know, and and you could tell it was a setup top to bottom. You know, this wasn't like a last ditch improv effort. This is like this was the scripted from yeah. the start, where it's like, well, I told my. My two friends, and as soon as he said their names, I was like, oh, shit, that's it. Idiots. Yeah, you out loud went, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you big dumb idiot. You fell for it. 
<laughs> also, the fact that he has to... <laughs> I want to keep bringing up the fact that Betty keeps getting roped into the plot for no reason. Because poor Betty. But yeah. he, says, <laughs> he says, my friend's MJ and Ned. And Ned might have told his girlfriend Betty. <laughs> because they can't... like it, At this point, it wouldn't make sense for them to be separated. <laughs> Even though Betty's not with them when they run into the tower. Yeah, she is. No, Yeah, she is. She is. It's she is. her MJ... Flash, uh, Flash. Yeah, because the then, I have a fake ID and I haven't yeah. even used it yet. Yeah, because uh, like it, it just makes sense that she would have followed anyway. So you might as well yeah. over in early. <laughs> um, it doesn't even matter because Mysterio just commits to like I'm going to kill the whole class. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like I'm, like, I'm going to kill all of these children. Uh, like there's two of them, but to get them all in one place is just easier. So here, we yeah, go. right. Um, and then Peter gets Looney Tunes to buy a train. <laughs> In the same vein as uh, Thanos missling Avengers HQ and Endgame made me yeah. laugh hysterically. Because it's that perfect beat of, guys, I think it worked. <laughs> right? It's that perfect comedic beat. In the same way, it's like... And again, like you said, the yeah. anime protagonist line... But but just so you know, Peter, it wasn't personal. Hong Kong, Hong Kong, funk. I remember like in the theater going, oh, like that was that. Wow, they just hit, they just hit Spider Man with a fucking train. Yep. Um, uh, I love it. he wakes up. Where, where does he wake up? Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. With like the very pleasant home. prisoners. I also love the guy who just goes up and like locks the door back yeah. on himself. <laughs> um, this is fucking adorable. Um, that and I. <laughs> the MCU is a masterclass in using title cards for comedic effect. You have the iconic Infinity War, space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere space. Yeah, space. And then in this one, you had, like, the name of the city oh, yeah, being spelled yeah, out yeah, as the yeah. guy said it. Because um, yeah. Peter goes, Can you, you just say, say that real quick? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it comes up at, in as the guy saying it, like, syllable. Yeah, uh, per syllable. Um, yeah, the MCU, like, you know, just being inventive every time. Um, but eventually, uh, Happy Hogan comes by outspeeder for watching porn before fighting Captain America. Nice. That was uh, funny. It's like, it's like, tell me something that only Happy Hogan would know. It's like, okay, so, uh, remember in the hotel, and there Injury, was that, yeah. and there was that uh, on-demand show, but it was too expensive to be a regular movie, and so I asked the desk, and it was an adult. Okay, okay, okay. We're, 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 we're can't believe you. Oh, man. I just thought that was funny, and it's like, you know, yeah, you know, he, 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 at that time he's, he's like what, fourteen teenager. or he's fourteen yeah. or fifteen alone in a hotel room, about to fight definitely, Captain America. Definitely gotta rub one out yeah. real quick, man. Definitely. <laughs> hey, it could have been right after. You don't know. <laughs> right after. <laughs> yeah, I just walked out the movie. Yeah. He's too tired, man. He's too tired at that point. <laughs> the aggressive. That was Mike doling tear. Like, you need to be in the room to understand how intense what I just saw was. <laughs> and it just was, occurred to you that, like, like, like Michael Dolling from across town, like, shot his, like, essence into you to just start aggressively pantomiming. Um, so, Happy literally stitches him up. Yeah. And, and is like, hey, check this thing out. We've got a, 
a Lego custom back to tank for you yeah. to, for <laughs> yeah. you to make a custom character. I love the conversation they have though, and I do. I want to address a criticism that I didn't mean to cut you off, um, but I didn't want but to. But you did. I did, and I apologize. Um, but no apologies. <laughs> Fix it. Don't apologize. <laughs> Fix it. Okay, finish your thought. No, I didn't have okay. a <laughs> Um, I just wanted to address this criticism I've heard about the movie a little bit um, with the whole, whole idea that like the movie can't make up its mind as to whether or not Peter is supposed to want to be the new Iron Man or if he's supposed to try to be his own man um, and I, I felt like it was clear and I read it as the movie is saying don't try to be Tony. Do the right thing. Do what makes you, you. And everybody already saw a lot of Tony in you to begin with. And like, that's like, and that yeah. was like the conversation being had. Yeah. It was so like, Tony saw himself in you. We all saw Tony in you. The just, classic. You've already yeah. got it. Just do you. Yeah, yeah like be be the person you are. Be be the person that gave him the faith to give this to you, and you're making him proud. And that the relationship that they had was born of the fact that Tony and Peter are cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because and again, I saw a couple of people I know, um, high top films, who you know absolutely love his YouTube channel. Um, you know, no disrespect, was saying like the movie doesn't know what it's trying to say. I disagree with that. Like, I think that there was like a very clear, you know, they don't say the words. You're already so much like Tony. That's why he trusted you was because he knew that you would make a similar call to what he would. Um, that they have the conversation of don't try to be Tony, um, be you. Um, and that I also think that, you know, happy has a really beautiful moment of nostalgia seeing Peter, be Peter, but just that act is reminiscent of Tony, and that like it's constructing the suit with the hologram. Yeah, and like yeah. the fact that he does the exact oh. like scoop up the hologram onto his arm, and you know, yeah. again, like I don't think that's I, I don't think that's a muddled message. I think it is a complex moment of you two bonded because you're similar people, and the people who love and miss Tony are gonna almost have a hard time interfacing with you because you remind them of him. They're going to expect you to be him because yeah. they see him in you. Yeah, or at the very least, like, you like you remind them so much of him that you have, like, anytime you do a Tony thing, it's going to be kind of strange to see mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's I, that, that little tangential there, but um, he starts to build the suit, uh, the red and black, very superior Spider-Man, um, as I've said before. It's my favorite costume, it's my favorite story, and I was drooling during the construction scene, and then Happy puts on uh, Back in Black, uh, which, okay, quick round table. Did he actually think that was Led Zeppelin, or was, did you think he was making a joke? Because I thought he was kidding. I think he's serious. I, because, yeah, like, his, I think his, his sense of humor with, like, pop culture references is always a near miss, where, like, he's like, you know that one movie... With the walkie thingies on the snow planet, and like he never like, he, like well, he, said, he it, does say Empire Strikes yeah. Back explicitly, but, I think but the, like the point is but that I think the he, point he, could, is he, he doesn't say you know you know Empire 
with the ATAT walkers and how Luke uses the snow speeders to like scoop up the legs of the of the giant ATATs. Yeah. He never says that. Yeah, it's like, was, I, it's always it's like almost always near miss where he's like you remember that old movie Aliens where it's not the movie's not called Aliens, it's like Alien. Well no, the sequel's Aliens. And Aliens oh, is, is the it, one is where it? they blow the hole in the yeah, ship. Beg your pardon. Um but uh, here's my thing, and this is and this is where I'll counter you, and it's like how I always read that scene, is that he is, in part, dumbing it down for like non nerds in the room. Now, granted, there's a part of him that isn't like registering the fact all of the adults that I'm talking to are old enough that they definitely yeah, saw so Empire Strikes Back when they were a kid. So you can just say, "Remember Empire Strikes Back." On the snow planet. And they'll immediately know what you're talking about. Because this is the same kid that owns all of these old Kenner toys. You know, he's building the massive Lego Death Star. Like, you pointed it out that, like, the... That Vader's tie advanced is sitting on his shelf. shelf, Um, So, like, I think he knows what he's talking about. Like, I I think... Like, just poking fun at it. Yeah, like, I think if you put, like, this version of Peter Parker in the same room as, like, you and me... He would be using the fucking lingo like you and I do. Like he, he like it would not be the walking thingies. It would be the ATAT walkers on Hoth trying to get to the shield generator. Like I think he would start throwing out the jargon because when you look at his room, he has collector items that normies would not fucking have. Especially it's cause, fair. Yeah. like that was my thing with that is that he says it, you know, and like Fury even goes it's like you know, when he like makes the Hamlet reference, he's like. Stark said you wouldn't get that because it's not a Star Wars reference. Yeah. You know, like, that was my thing. And, like, he kind of grins when he says, I love Led Zeppelin! Like, I th- I, th- I read that as him trying to fuck with Happy. Like, I thought that was him I, being a jackass. I definitely I have read to it, see it again. Yeah, I definitely read it as, like, them poking the fun at the fact that in all of his previous appearances, he makes, he references an old movie like no one's ever heard of it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> doesn't know this iconic yeah, band. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he he doesn't know it. That's funny. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the fun part is like, you know, because I, I get, I thought he was fucking with that. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Um, it's that, That's such a specifically different yeah. band for him to go like, I like, I love Led Zeppelin. This is so very clearly not Zep, but I love Zep. Um, but moving right along, Mysterio has this big plan, very, again, Incredibles-esque, where he's going to wipe out London with his uh, fake elementals and the drones, and now that he has access to Edith, he can do it bigger, better, badder, and scarier, and more devastating than ever before. He realizes that he's going to have to kill uh, Peter's friends because they are aware of the scheme. Uh, they arrive in <laughs> before we get there again with like the anime shit where they're like rehearsing the battle and like you hear yeah. the dialogue that Mysterio has planned where he's like this is for my family and he's yeah. like screaming as he's shooting the energy bolts. He's just going ah, ah. Like, he, like you want to be fucking Goku so bad. <laughs> Like, he's such an anime character. It's so funny. It's, it's um, pretty good. Uh, you know, again, they, that's what he said. He's like, you know, just be this corny ass hero, and people will eat it up. People ate up Mysterio. Um, 
but Peter gets there and his plan is to, you know, web up all the drones and stop them from projecting and so he can just get straight to Mysterio and Which, take... by the way, he only knows they're going to London because of your boy the big ass! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> because he knows he can't call anyone because the phones are probably tapped. So he looks up Flash's live stream. <laughs> yeah, it's like Which Instagram is... <laughs> video um, with Happy's phone. My boy's plot relevant. Yeah. <laughs> You see, unlike Betty, Flash is already a part of the plot. <laughs> he deserves it. With <laughs> a fucking Flash mob. Um, also, I hate, like, I'm, I make fun of comedy movies sometimes that have, like, really lowbrow humor for, like, a, just, just to get a cheap laugh. And I felt like such a hypocrite because I have consistently laughed at Flash getting punched in the dick. <laughs> Like, that's the kind I mean, of humor that, like, if I went to see a comedy movie, I'd be like, oh, you're not even trying. In this, him just going, hey, we're in Venice. Oh! Like, <laughs> it just punches him right in the cock. It's like, oh, good. He needed that. Yeah, he deserved that. Um, also, his depressing ass home life. We'll get there. <laughs> his mother here. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they figure out that they're in London. Uh, and then Peter goes in and he's like, you know, electrocuting all of the drones and uh, MJ, Ned, and Betty and Flash are all trying to get the hell out of there because um, then uh, MJ are aware of the fact that Mysterio is coming and coming for blood. And while they're uh, running like hell, uh, Mysterio lets the, vi- the uh, illusion fade away and starts just basically trying to kill Peter and Mysterio at this point uh, hatches a plan to uh yeah hatches a very 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 clever scheme um hopping around a little bit uh whenever peter runs out of webbing while fighting all the drones i love the little visual callback to end game with him it's perfect where he's like holding the tower bridge sign and like swinging the core yeah. to the um to the drone like it's Mjolnir. Like, he looks like Cap in Endgame, and that was so clever. Like, I don't know how deliberate that was. I mean, or it they knew probably somewhat they knew. deliberate. They knew. Yeah. Like, there's like... You know, I mean, they referenced Cap right before that, because they run into the vault and Happy... Yeah, Happy tries to throw the shield. How did Cap do that? Because <laughs> it, like, goes, like, a foot because he like he goes and it just like nose dives straight down um but like the Russo brothers said and like I think it was the audio commentary for Infinity War um that they didn't know how much of like a cultural thing Wakanda Forever was gonna become mm-hmm. with the movie they didn't realize that like yeah. that was gonna become the unofficial slogan of Black Panther that when you see the movie at the premiere and like on the opening night screenings during like the big battle in Wakanda and Infinity War, with like you know they all rush the Outriders in the Black Order, the Wakanda forever, that like the audience loses their fucking mind just upon hearing those words. That they like they were like, oh, we know this is a thing they're going to be saying in the movie. We'll put it here as well because it makes sense to. Like I don't like you know maybe John Watts knew about this specific shot of Cap. Holding the shield, holding Mjolnir, and like that moment to call back to it, 
not realizing that like that shot is like when you say Avengers Endgame is probably that's the shot everyone thinks of is everyone lined up ready for battle um so i just i just love that moment um where he you can see that he is a product of the heroes who have come before him um he goes up he fights mysterio what was the other callback you were talking about because i said like how he puts on the glasses and he looks like tony and you said that was like another there was another callback to him oh no i'm talking about in the plane oh oh yeah in the the plane when happy looks at like as you said he looks at uh quentin and he's like oh wow he looks like tony when happy looks at oh okay he's like Oh my oh, god, he's Tony. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant like there was like a moment with no, uh, back like, that I missed. No. Um I know he gets in there, he finally gets through the the drones. Some of the most inventive use of Spider-Man's skill set and gadgets in this fight scene where he's fighting all the drones, you know, you're seeing him use the electro webbing, we're seeing him um <clears throat> use the webs to like loop the drones in like a giant colliding uh flight paths you know you see peter and again like it's one of the and it's it's the reason why i love both batman and spider-man so much is that like i like heroes i mean peter different from batman in that he actually has powers beyond just his gadgets but it's that like inventive use of like i can't keep using the same one trick yeah. So it's like it's okay. I'm gonna web this and I'm gonna do this and like it's like you know stitching yeah. all of his different abilities together, and then we have the moment where uh, Mysterio basically has like a just wall of drones between him and the Edith glasses and Peter, and um, Peter, uh, you know, and then another little uh, subplot that we didn't quite touch on is that, is that Peter has had a really hard time conjuring his spider sense. Um, or the Peter Tingle, <laughs> as it's jokingly referred to in the movie. Do you movie. think there's a reason they didn't say Spidey Sense, or is it just like I, they thought? It'd be I fun. think it's I think they just, just said funny. it. Yeah. Well, I, I like the well. People complained in Hong Kong. Oh, he never uses a spider sense. Like, no, he uses it. You just there isn't like yeah. in the Raimi movies where it goes, and everything slows down. Um, but you know he. There's scenes where he uses it in Homecoming and obviously in Infinity War, like we see the hair on his arm yeah. stand up and, you know, his spider sense warns him that he's about to die. And that's, you know, part of why he holds on for so long is that, like he's like fighting it back. So I think you might have like a psychological type thing where like <clears throat> the spider sense was so integral to such a traumatic moment in his life where like. I think it's just also like he says when he's talking to May about it in the beginning that he's just really stressed. Yeah. So it's hard for him to to feel it, right? Performance issues yeah. happens to everyone. Yeah. It's a medical problem. <laughs> so it's a real medical problem. Go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, very similar to Spider Man too, where like you know his yeah. powers just shut so, off because right. he's having a, you know, he's having an identity crisis. I think something similar where like that specific ability just stops working because there's a part of his brain that gets uncomfortable channeling that. Um, Mysterio tries again to use like the barf illusion to overwhelm Peter in an even smaller space this time. And so the thing, okay, the thing I love, and this is just such a small thing and Travis opening night heard me gasp when it happened was that when he closed his eyes and the lenses were completely black, that was just the superior Spider-Man costume at that point once the lenses went black. And I went, oh, like, it just made my heart happy seeing like a solid red and black suit. 
Um, like no white in the lenses at all. It was just black and red. <clears throat> but he goes through, he destroys the drones. Uh, Mysterio is hit with some stray gunfire. Uh, eventually Mysterio tries one last illusion, illusion to try to sneak up on Peter. But now that his spider sense is working again, <clears throat> he evades it. And uh, uh, Beck bleeds out, but not before sending something to uh, the... Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps guy. Um, which we don't know what it was quite yet. And then eventually, uh, you know, the day is saved. He and MJ, uh, MJ, uh, he, Peter at one point tells Happy, you know, if I don't make it out, give the Black Dahlia necklace that he bought in Venice to MJ. And MJ, Happy gives it to MJ off camera. And they have their very cute first kiss. And it's, you know... First three, the first three kisses first all that like a really quick clip um and again it has that awkwardness that shapes the movie uh baked into that scene it's like you know i eat that right up oh it's, it's, it's so yeah, cute so fun. It's especially it's so when fun. especially when mj's leaving and like she picks the mace back yeah. up and just goes just in case yeah and, like throws it over her fucking shoulder and like walks off um but eventually they'll get back to new york uh, one of the funniest moments is like they have like the voiceover from Peter and it sounds like it's going to be some like dramatic ending monologue like the Raimi movies used to do where he goes, I've been incredibly secretive about my identity and I'm tired of all the deception. Blah, 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 blah. And then it just cuts to him sitting in the living room with May and Happy and goes, are you guys dating? <laughs> like it, it seems like it's gonna be like that Tobey Maguire he opens the can of worms that is their relationship because they don't know if they're dating yeah which is even funnier um and then he goes off to have um you know a little web swinging date with MJ um you and I both laughed at the uh don't text and swing yeah it was very adorable and then uh credits but it's a Marvel movie so there's more after that uh we pick up at the end of their web swing date or actually I want to talk about the little easter egg I pointed out to you guys is that when Peter picks up MJ for the web swing date there is a wall behind them and it has like one two three and then it was like circles with this a circle with the number one circle with the number two circle with the number three and then a circle with a question mark in it and then above that it says we can't wait to show you what comes next Clearly, you know, that's like a little sneaky message to the MCU people that like, you know, this is the end of phase three, yeah. you know, stay tuned for some wild stuff. And hey, maybe there's a reason it stops at four. Just saying. Um, fingers crossed. But we get to the post credit scene. Peter is uh, leaving uh, MJ at the end of their web swing date and he's about to swing away. And then a news broadcast comes through in Times Square that is showing doctored footage from uh right before mysterio died uh, now the greater public is not aware of the fact that what happened was mysterio mm -hmm. uh and we see a clip <laughs> leaked to the mcu version of the daily bugle which is basically info wars uh you know i was making a joke to you guys you know they're putting chemicals in the water the turn the friggin spider's gay um <laughs> sick of this crap <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! I really hope that in, like the third one, the JKs in the whole movie just doing Alex Jones shit, like slamming and screaming into the camera. I need pictures of Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sick of this crap. Uh, but uh, J.K. Simmons reprising his role as J. Jonah Jameson, like you said, the man born to play this character. 
written for him uh, is talking about how um, Peter, uh, the, you know, Mysterio was attacked by Peter, that Peter was the one in control of the drone, or that Spider-Man was in control of the drones, that Spider-Man is, is responsible for Mysterio's death, and then at the very end of the scene we realize, you know, it cuts back to Mysterio saying Spider-Man's real name is Peter Parker with a picture of Peter as Peter, just like May in the last movie goes, oh, fuck, credits. <laughs> and then the second scene, of course, is Maria Hill and Nick Fury um, in a car. And then eventually Maria Hill transforms into a Skrull. So do so too does Nick Fury. And Nick Fury specifically was, as I had said earlier, Talos from Captain Marvel, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character. And <laughs> the I can't, it's, it's his wife from Captain yeah. Marvel. I can't remember her name to save my life. Yeah. But she basically goes, you need to tell Fury what happened because that was an absolute shit show. And he calls him, and then that very that 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 brand of humor that Talos had, that I'm so happy he's sticking around. Like I could, I again, I would watch a show that is just Talos just saying Hang shit. It out, yeah, yeah, that is just like you know, very touching. The thing with the glasses, you went off the rails. People asking where are the Avengers. I don't know how to answer that question. Like, there's just something. Like, Ben Mendelsohn is such an underrated comedic actor. I think it's because he hasn't gotten many comedic roles. But people need to start casting him in this funnier characters because he is so fucking funny. Um, but we see that Nick Fury is aboard some scroll ship in space, possibly establishing a sword. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, obviously, we have the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but maybe, you know, he's going to become the head of S.W.O.R.D., and then he had our favorite collective line of the movie of who's got my, my shoes? <laughs> who's got my shoes? <laughs> uh, and then that ends the movie and that ends phase three. So yeah, that's Spider-Man far from home. And I think we all said very impressed with the movie. I had, you know, my only complaints again, I think there is a golden moment to address the dead uncle in the room and the, what? Oh, that's just a very strange way of saying that. To address the dead uncle in the room. Because <clears throat> yeah, you know, everybody's, right everybody's... He had too many fucking quaaludes. Everybody's got a, a quaalude crazed dead uncle in the, qua- in the oh. corner. No, like sitting yeah. on a beanbag chair. So, sipping I, a Diet Coke. I've got a question for you now. Do you think Mysterio is really dead? I don't know. Because notably, so Mysterio kind of keels over and he goes, you know, his his eyes kind of go blank-ish. Yeah. Um, as blank as you can make them go. Yeah, when he's actually still yeah. alive. Um, and Peter Without murdering puts, Jake Gyllenhaal for right. a movie. <laughs> and Peter puts Edith back on and like stammeringly asks, he starts to ask, is he dead? And stops. He says, is what I'm seeing real? Yes. And Edith says, all the illusions have been dropped. Edith does not say, I'm picking up no vitals. Notably. Also, it could, he could have just told, because, you know, he had control of Edith for the, at least half the yeah, movie. Yeah, it could be like a split Quentin, custody Quentin, thing. Quentin, <laughs> Quentin could have said, if he asks, I'm dead. Here. <laughs> I, I feel like there's also... 
an element because of, like, he... the one ring to the Edith glasses where, like, yes, she'll answer to Beck, but, like, the one true master Peter gets can only be Sauron. I mean, Peter Parker. You know? <laughs> I, I feel like there's yeah, no... I, mean, I feel like, like that is the first is... time there's ever been, like, a viable comparison between Sauron and Peter, Peter fucking Parker. Parker. I'm telling you, man. I can... I'm, I just... My wonders never cease. That was impressive. That was a good one. I get that. But yeah, I mean, just the wording in that scene, the fact that they already kind of half set up a Sinister Six starting in Homecoming yeah. and Mysterio and now that is he, here. He, he so, ratted Peter out yeah. and his identities out there. We're going to see some splashes with the Six, I believe. Oh, I think so. I... I don't know. I here's my thing, and again, this this is the this is the rabid spider fan whose like knee jerk is going to be just full on fan service. I know we've already seen two different versions of the Green Goblin, and I know that Alfred Molina turned in an amazing performance as Otto Octavius, my favorite Spider Man villain. I want to see the Green Goblin. I want to see Doctor Octopus. I want to see Venom. I want to see. I want to see all of these classic Spider-Man stories brought to life with the perfect Spider-Man of Tom Holland. Um, I want to see my favorite villains. I want to see my favorite story arcs. That said, I understand not retreading old ground, and they've kind of dug themselves into a hole. Just in in some cases, because like Otto, you can set up all of Peter's in college. That's easy enough. Yeah. But no, there has not been a single mention of the name Osborne. Or Oscorp. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, you could do that as like a, you know, Oscorp was, was the people who bought the Avengers Tower. Then all hell broke loose in, in Infinity War and oh, the blip yeah. pushed back, uh, you know, also, the establishment of Oscorp. What are you swinging to meet MJ? Do you think he swings through Baxter Tower? He's swimming. He's swinging through the Avengers Tower. Yeah. That now has that atrium in it. So he's swinging through the former Avengers Tower. It's just a matter of like, who owns it? Yeah, is it the Baxter Building now? Is it the Oscorp headquarters? Well, you know, all of that conversation. But you know, and I, I've been saying for a while. I hope moving forward that Marvel and Disney kind of ditch the rule of trilogies. Um, I think. I, I just I just think I like confining it. yourself to three movies is kind of foolish at this point. I think with the characters that you still have, for sure, I could watch ten more of these. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, I could watch ten more Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. I could watch. You know, I don't want to go into every third movie with this sense of I'm only ever going to see this character in team up movies now. You know, like I want to go into every movie thinking, "Ooh, what can come next?" So that said. Um, between me feeling like they could have addressed Uncle Ben and uh, could have, uh, you know, had a, I, I, the, the deleted scenes. If you put it in the trailer, you know, put it in the movie, you're losing points with me. Um, I can confidently give the movie a uh, 9 out of 10. Um, I think if they had leaned into Ben and just said the words, you know, you could have saved your uncle too. It probably would have come out at like a nine point five or a ten for me, but that just that one little thing I think they missed the opportunity on. Outside of that, absolutely fucking love this movie. Uh, blown away. Uh, Travis, your score? Oh lordy, uh, probably 
I have to agree. Probably nine out of ten. Like it, it was so much fun, and Mysterio was done so well. We talked about it last time, but I didn't want them to do the standard script that we thought they would do, where he's pretending to be good mm-hmm. to get good publicity, and then something turns him bad halfway through. But like, if you're gonna do the the of course storyline. You got to do it perfectly, and they do. So, um, I wasn't as bugged by the Uncle Ben thing. I'm kind of okay letting that pass. I was, I was jarred by not having as much time in New York, and, I, and there was some, a couple of editing issues that keep it from being a ten for me. Like, there's some cuts in scenes where you could tell the dialogue is supposed to be different. Oh yeah, there's some it's, ADR issues. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, see, with stuff like that. Like, I. It just it, I will go to town on shit like dubbing issues when it's already a bad movie. Yeah. Like I can let shit like that slide. Like, it, you know, best example is like I don't care, like in The Last Jedi, when like the one Praetorian Guard's weapon disappears. I love that movie so much. I have so little to complain about. Like I can forgive that. But if it's already a bad movie at that point, it, it just shows yeah. that you weren't trying. And but, I'm, I'm no, not I totally get that. It doesn't yeah. even make it like, oh, I, this is bad. It's so unwatchable. But yeah. it, it makes me curious, right? Like, I want to know what the original cut of the yeah. scene was. I want to I want to see the three-hour version of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even three hours, you know? It'll be the Snyder cut, damn it. Start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for this garbage. Oh man! Oh, release, so, yeah. release nine, the Watts cut. Nine out of ten. <laughs> I'm trying my best, Julius. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Julius. <laughs> I'm trying my best, Julius. Oh man, that's one of the best. I just love. I I just love the bit characters. Not as much as you, but. Spencer, your score for Spider-Man. Harfarome. Harfarome? Yeah. Um, if you're going to do it at all, it's Harfarom. <laughs> Just saying. But anyway, um, I don't... I, I don't want to give it a perfect 10 because I don't like giving things a perfect 10. Like, there were some editing things like i think it told you there's this one scene where he's like fidgeting with the glasses on his face oh yeah and he like takes them yeah. off and whether or not they are it looks really fake like the glasses look really obviously cg oh yeah there's some question yeah. i mean i, I was and saying this before like spider-man is such a hard character and, to animate because yeah. he moves in such a particular and way no movie is without sin as, no. as a favorite channel of mine once said but like it's it's still just one heck of an incredible watch. It's just yeah. so much fun. So for that, I'll give it a 9.3. 9.3? Yeah, because why not? Let the record who be said, shown that you says, you almost ate shit. Did not. If that was if a, if a thunk, 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 thunk happened on the air, that would be great. Um, no, I did not, almost. Thank you very much. I was in control of the tilt of my chair. Um... I'd let the record let the record show that live on air, Spencer Simpson ranked the Spider-Man movie higher than I did. It was good. Yeah. Proof I, I, that you don't I, have to you, shoot webs well, in front of me for me to drool. Well, the thing is, you're, the more you like something, the more nits you pick about it. That's whereas, like, yeah. I'm a fan of Spider-Man. He's a cool character, and if you make a movie that's worth my time, I'm gonna give it a good grade. So nine point three because we're breaking the. 
conformist point fives only rule. There you go. Point three. Bring down the man. <laughs> point five. Stick it. <laughs> We're sawing down the establishment board by Bro, board. Huh? Was that? The... That was my. That was the movie reviews we did for WCAT TV. But the they base boys. They base boosted it for the YouTube boots. Is that still up? Keep Did vamping while that? I find it. Keep vamping. Just keep I talking. haven't seen that video in so freaking long. I haven't seen it since, I think, junior year of high school. No, because you didn't do the Take Two movie reviews until senior year. Yeah, no. No, I did senior year oh, was when I came on. Oh, man. Uh, those were so wait. funny. You have got to send me a link to some of these things because those YouTube poop videos. Wait, are just hold so on. Good. We're gonna find it. We'll find it. We'll I find don't it. think you'll find it. No, I will. I will. Give me one sec. I can. I do thought this. it was a private. Link it was, and then they got deleted, and then they all got re-uploaded with the actual WCAT TV memes. That's it. Hold on. Oh boy. You guys had such a wild ride after I left. <laughs> <laughs> I became an actual meme for senior year. Point five. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> okay, play it. <laughs> Have you seen these before? No. <laughs> oh my god. Good morning, great. <laughs> From the TV studio, I'm Zach Homer alongside Jerry <laughs> And these are your announcements. Morning. <laughs> 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 We'll be having their first meeting today in C106 from 106 until 106.00 are welcomed and encouraged to join or to attend or to join. It's one in the morning and I can't tell them what I'm seeing is real. Those who are interested in attending the Manufacturing Day on October 14th can sign up for the Manufacturing Day in the program from 9 a.m. from 9 a.m. p.m. sitting right next to each other. Oh, Jesus, here's the movie review. <laughs> For those of you at home, <laughs> this is me and a gentleman by the name of Ryan Sabota doing our movie review for the morning announcements of the movie Sully. Sus, as it's called in the YouTube group. This was shot in the laundry room of Nana's house, by the way. As the title character of Sus. are looking for the YouTube poops of whenever I was the one of the many anchors of the uh, morning announcements not unlike in the Spider-Man Far From Home at Midtown High. Oh, okay. uh, what is it? WCATTV memes. memes. Yeah. Um, look that up on YouTube um, and uh, 
You know, All of Time Kids is on YouTube as well. Yes. If you dig deep enough, you can need, find Time Kids. Not that I need to see that ever again. <laughs> you forced me to watch that at one point. Oh, yeah, that was right before we watched all of the important videos playlist. Because we were slap happy and went, all right, we're this deep into shit posting territory. Let's oh, go please. straight for all this shit. All right, that so was. 9.3. Nine and nine brings us to a ripe total of 27.3 out of 30. That's a pretty damn good score, Yes, I do say so. Yes, it is. It's absolutely amazing movie. Worth your money. My Worth favorite. Your Worth your money three times. Yeah. Uh, definitely my favorite live-action Spider-Man movie. Um, I'm very pleased with how it turned out. Travis, where can the lovely people at home find you? Uh, you can find me at Travis Political on Twitter, where recently I've been ranting about card bannings and Magic the Gathering, because <laughs> they banned my engine. My beautiful baby Paradox engine. It died for my sins, and it didn't deserve it. <laughs> it died for the fucking qualities. Um Spencer, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, look me up at Spenceman Cosplays on Instagram. I'll be posting, well, it's like 1 o'clock, so tomorrow I'll be posting a couple pictures and a couple videos from my weekend uh, at Fort Niagara, doing some reenactment and stuff, uh, historical cosplaying. So look me up there. And Jared, where can they find a you? They can find me at DarkJedi2552 on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like and follow Do Back Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and listen to the other shows in the network, Gore and More, Dubeck Discussion. Um, you're listening to Hollow Heroes right now, Wicked Wednesday, Jerk the Curtain, and Down the Rabbit Hole. Uh, with that, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to tune in at the same bat time, at the same bat channel, for our San Diego Comic-Con recap coming next week. Brace yourselves. Um, it's going to be a powerful one. Oh, it's going to be a good show. Uh, we might even record Do Back a Day Early to avoid doing those two shows back to back. Uh, we love you guys 3000. Thank you for listening.